following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Now Johnny Collins going to make a bid for the top spot. They'll come out of turn number four. White flags out. White flags out. Here we go. Josh Peacock is your leader. Jackie Nosbridge in the second spot. Then a battle for third. The five up. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. This is Roger Krause, driver of number 32 late model, and you're listening to Inside Florida Racing. Tommy Hill takes a look to the inside of Jerry Farrell, not going to be able to make the pass as they go down to the turn number one for the last time. Up onto the back straightaway, it's still John Wilson out in front, Jerry Farrell and Tommy Hill, the top three. Bobby Bond looks to the inside of Hill, going to make one last shot at it. No, he blows a tire or something off. Loses position there, and down the front straightaway, it's Juke and John Wilson with the win over Jerry Farrell and Tommy Hill. Inside Florida Racing. Inside Florida Racing. Florida Racing. Good evening, everyone. C.C. Brooks with you, with my uh, co-host, Rob Bonehead-Elding. Hey, Rob. Hey, C.C., what's happening? Yep, uh, you got Rob Elting here. I'm ready to uh, roll. Oh, I bet you are. And, of course, always Jack behind the board at Master Control. Hey, Jack. I hope that Rob isn't feeling too big for his britches this weekend. Or this <laughs> week. This week, excuse me. No, I'm feeling good. Um, I didn't. You know, not, not too much recourse from the show. <laughs> oh, oh no. Uh, I do want to thank everyone who um, who emailed and posted on the different forums their thoughts and comments about last Monday's show. Good feedback, bad feedback. We appreciate everything um, that we heard back from all our listeners. Yeah, it looks like we stirred up a little bit, you know, and I just, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of aggravated usually that... Uh, we, we ask these people for a week or for two weeks to tell them that we're going to have, you know, certain guests on and to send questions and stuff. And then we don't get any questions until uh, after the show's over and people decide to post. Then they got questions. So, well, they uh, can't. John they, came on there and answered them. Well, they can still. There's still time for them to post questions for us to put to Bobby Deal, owner of Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Just go to the forum. And uh, you'll see the feed for uh, what questions you have for Bobby Deal. Just go in and post a reply there, and I will read your question when Bobby is with us in the second half of the show. Or you can e- for me, there's no lawyers chasing me around. <laughs> or, you, or you can email Gee, Rob. Hey, Rob, what what are you implying? Oh, nothing. Just uh, a action-packed show today. That's all I can say. Uh, yeah, we'll have some. Deal, but we got more coming. Who else, Jack? Well, I tell you, I got some. I have some comments about last week's show. Not right now. We'll save those to later, and also have some uh, updated information on things over at Desoto Super Speedway, which we'll have later. We got Billy Osborne, who's going to come on with us in a few minutes. Uh, he's the race director for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Talk about the seven thousand to win Kim Allen Memorial at. Uh, Henry County Speedway. That was a great race. Yeah, buddy. We'll have him on. Then your good friend, Rob Partolo, he can't wait to get a piece of you. <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. Uh, Rob Partolo, he's uh, he's raced a lot, man, for many, many years. And uh, back when I started racing, he was already, you know, racing street stocks when I started racing street stocks. And he's a great racer. He's a great figure eight racer. I think we'll get some of those stories from him when he comes on later. Well, that and, sounds good. And uh, just to, to keep us all on the even keel, we'll have the Reverend uh, Rick Bristol. Oh, yeah. Well, so that, 
That takes up the show right there. Well, no, because in the second hour, of course, we'll be spending time with Bobby Deal, owner of Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Plus, it is November 3rd, so we will be announcing on this show our October Inside Florida Racing Pandura, Pandula, Pandora Jewelers of the Month. Um, we'll be making that announcement um, also tonight on the show. Yes, uh, everybody ready to vote tomorrow? I've already voted. Already. In the books. Don't you guys want to, you know, do it like on the right day and everything? No, I prefer to vote absentee no. ballot. That way then I don't have to stand in line. That's right. yeah, but how do you know they're going to count it? It will. She trusts it. I trust. She trusts. She and trusts. I, and I, I trust. That's right. Only put your trust in the Lord. Remember that. I do that also. So, uh, good news for me. I got moved into my new place, and uh, tomorrow I'll have cable there. So, next week the show will shall roll on with Bonehead and his domain. Okay. So, um, do you have a computer? Your computer's all fired up, right? Not here tonight, no. I have no computer in front of me. I'm doing this dry with just what's up inside my little pea brain. Well, I'll tell you. Um, of course, uh, I was also down Henry County Speedway. It was... Uh, it was a great night. They had the, the owner was very happy. Uh, Chris uh, Fonsolt was very very happy. Had a big crowd uh, of people down there, and uh, uh, it was a very good show. And lots of cars in the pits. Lots of cars from all the other classes. Mm-hmm. You know, besides the, of course the United Dirt Late Models. And we got to uh, present Roger Krause with his September Driver of the Month from Inside Florida Racing and Pandora Jewelers. So that was great to. Uh, be able to do that. It was a fun time before the United Dirt Lake Model Challenge race started. We had the kids and fans out on the track to uh, do a little trick-or-treating and uh, pass out a bunch of candy and other goodies to the kids. Um, I had a lot of fun there, uh, guys. I got to do a live broadcast for Kicks Country from New Hendry County Speedway. That was a pleasure and uh, gave away some great prizes to fans in attendance Saturday night. But it was a really a great time. The weather was perfect. Uh, the grandstands were packed, and so were the pits, so we had a lot of fun Saturday night. And what a race, I tell you. It was a real exciting race, and just congratulations uh, to Keith Nosbich and his first win with the United Dirt Laid Model Challenge Series. It was a great show for everyone, and also um, little, um, little Christian Oshberger was out there in his new late model and uh, trying to battle it out in the in the uh, qualifying to run in the show. Didn't make the show, but he, he looked really good out there trying his heart out just at 12 years old racing with the big boys. So uh, it was a good time out at New Hendry County Speedway. And if you've never had a chance to go out there, you really should. It's a nice little dirt track. And I'll tell you, it's a great drive, especially, you know, from Charlotte County. It's a real easy country drive to New Hendry County Speedway in Clewiston. So that was a great time and um, I'm going to have pictures posted up. I have pictures posted up on my MySpace page and also pictures will be posted up at WIKX.com. Now, Friday night celebrated Halloween with a checkered flag sprint series. Um, Amanda Ferguson, Keith Butler um, were there with me. Don Reams um, were all there at Brickhouse Pizza and Italian Grill in the King's Crossing Plaza. Um, we had a great time. Had the cars set up. Kids were out. Um, they were trick or treating with us. Had a really nice Halloween costume contest. Gave away some great prizes. Full throttle Friday broadcast from location, and it worked out really well. Everybody was happy. 
And uh, the folks at Brickhouse Pizza and Italian Grill are looking forward to doing more racing promotions and working with the different classes and series to come and uh, have a Friday night event at their restaurant. Everybody was pleased with the food, and I tell you, the food there is awesome. And it was a good time for all, a great turnout for everyone, and looking forward to doing it again. And I think we're getting ready to have our first guest on the line. As we, uh, as, J- as Jack works his uh, technical magic, we will be getting to that. Hey, you know, as the um, as the weather starts turning, we come to the end of the year, and weather is getting cooler. And you might be thinking about what you're going to do for your race team for the 2009 series, um, like 2009 season. You might want to suggest that you check in with FancyWorkEmbroidery.com. That's fancy with an I. FancyWorkEmbroidery.com. We have a link to their site on the Inside Florida Racing uh, homepage. FancyWorkEmbroidery.com, makers of my C.C. Brooks Limited Edition Racing Caps, also the makers of the Inside Florida Racing Staff Shirts and Inside Florida Racing Jackets. Great people to work with, a racing family. They can get what your racing team needs. If you need uh, jackets, shirts, hats, whatever you need for your racing team, you want to have something made up special that you can give out to your fans or to your sponsors, FancyWorkEmbroidery.com will take care of that for you. Okay, I think we did uh, finally manage to hook up with uh, Billy Osborne, Race Director, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Uh, Billy, are you there? I'm here. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, oh, man, always a pleasure to be on the show with you guys. I'm at the fair with my kids tonight, so it's a little loud, but I'm going to walk in one of the buildings so we can talk for a little bit. All right. Cotton candy. Hey, man, um, what do you think about uh, the deal down there at Henry County? I think that was your first time there, right? That's the first time I've ever been to that place, Jack Smith, and I was real surprised. I wasn't expecting it to be as nice as it was. And You know, the racing surface needs a little help, but other than that, I think it's a beautiful facility. It's a nice place, and we had a great time, man. It was it was a great show Saturday night. You know, the fans were just loving it, you could tell, and um, the racing was just outstanding. The battle back and forth between Keith and Sean, and um, it was just amazing. It was a great time. Yeah, I was talking to the score there. He said he'd been there three years. He said that's the largest crowd he's ever seen there. So that was a good thing, and uh, I think the program went good, and the race was unbelievable, like you said. I mean, I think it would have been a little bit nicer if the track would have been a little bit wider, but it is what it is, and uh, it, had, it was the same for everybody. But other than that, when uh, Keith lost the league and battled back on the outside, it was a good race for, you know, throughout the fact. So it was a lot of fun. And it was. It was towards the end of the race. You could, the cars were really bouncing, though. It got the, the racing surface got real rough, and they were bouncing, especially coming around four. But um, the fans were loving it. That you know, those guys always put on a great show, and uh, everybody's now looking forward to the big race at East Bay this Saturday. This Saturday is going to be huge with the uh, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series and the National Late Model Sportsman Series teaming up together. Should have probably close to the 60 car mark again. And, Everybody's pretty excited about a lot of guys I talked to today, so they can't wait. But, you know, touching back on Saturday, you know, the, the track did get a little rough coming off the turn four, but, you know, it's kind of the same for everybody, and, and, and everybody knew what we were going up against when we got started for the feature race. So, you know, like me and Ken talked about today, we didn't tear up any race car. You know, with the racetrack as rough as it was coming off four, that was a, that was a great spot for us to tear up a bunch of stuff. And we didn't tear up one race car, and I think that's what, that's what we were trying to do so everybody could go to East Bay this week. Yeah, and you know, and it was great. Jeff Choquette um, showed up Saturday night. Justin Choquette was there, and you know, and Justin got to start. I believe he started on the pole. It was just, it was so sad because it didn't last. 
he was taken out early, and um, that was sad to see. But, um, you know, it was great to see Jeff there. I haven't seen him race for a while. He had a great turnout of drivers. It's really a great, anytime you go to the racetrack and you can run into any of the show cats, either it be Justin or Jeff. But, you know, Justin had a great car. He was fast in qualifying, and he got the luck of the draw to start on the pole. And I really don't know what happened to the car, but I, I, I told him from the beginning, this guy could very well win this race. This is the best I've seen this young guy run with his car. He was excited when, when I said, thanks for coming and thanks for bringing your car. He said, man, I'm having a blast. I'm having the time of my life. But I don't know what happened to the car, but that's a, that's a bad break. But, you know, you never know. I, I think Keith Marlowe's had a real fast race. For, I think from the get-go, he was the one that needed to be, you know, that you was going to have to beat. And Tim was telling me that uh, him and Sean Smith always battled out there. So to see them two guys run one and two there, I guess that's no big surprise. Yeah, I think... Uh I think Justin had a new motor in that car, didn't he? You know, I didn't really ask him. I spent a few minutes with Justin talking to him, you know, thanking him for coming and, and wishing him the best of luck. But he he was excited. I never really asked what he had going. But, you know, it was really neat to see these guys leave the tops off of them from Friday. That's a really neat thing. You know, I think it would be neat if we made the tops off on most of the series races or, you know, most late model races around the state. When I was at Putnam a couple of years ago, the tops were optional. So, I think it looks neat. I think I think there's the race car drivers they enjoy it. So, you know, maybe it's the thing we ought to look at. So, uh, take, I'll put you on the spot, Billy. Take us through that whole deal with uh, what happened when Keith, Keith was uh, obviously the fastest car out there. He's fastest in qualifying, and the, he came right to the front from the third after starting third, and he looked pretty dominant. Um, tell us what happened with that whole deal. Keith Nosley had the fastest car, and. Uh, you know, he started the, by the by the virtue of the draw. He was third, but between him and Jack, I thought they had the two best cars. And and and, and a little when the racetrack is as tight as it is, but like he told me today, the, the top you could race on. He said as the race got further and further away from me, you know, further and further through the line, the top got got worse, got worse off for the guys. In other words, it got further and further away from us. You couldn't make them count. You lose. So he passed John Smith on the outside. He got tied up with a lap car, and you know, this is my second deal with the United Dirt Lane Mall Challenge Series, so I'll talk about it for a second, but I've ran the race fever for a long time, I've seen how race fever, and, and I just don't feel that we should move the lap cars with the race fever, and I think it's because if you spot for one, you got to spot for all 24 of them, you see what I'm saying? Yep. So, if you move the lap cars to the top, what if the second place guy is on the top? You understand where I'm coming from? So, I didn't do it at East Bay for, for Jack Nosek, I didn't move the lap cars, so if I did it Saturday night for Keith, it wouldn't be fair. That, that's what you call inconsistency. Well, a little thing broke out from that. But anyway, the lap car got into it with Keith. Keith hit the inside tire. But I will tell you this. If the yellow had came out for Keith, he would have got his spot back. Every racing adventure I've ever been involved in, if the lap car takes out a car on the lead lap, the lead lap car always gets the spot back. No matter what virtue of racing series you're in, that should always be fair. As long as the, as long as the, the car on the lead lap can continue to race, he should get his spot back. But lucky for Keith, he got back going. He got back around Sean Smith on the outside and... You know, no harm, no foul. I mean, he's probably a little upset at the lap car, just as I was. But you know, that's a part of racing. I mean, you have to, yep. you have to, to grow from it. Yeah, Billy. When he fell back, I guess he fell back to third, and and uh, then started working his trying to work his way back. Uh, it, it was obvious he was uh, he certainly was making it clear he wanted to win. He he got up on the outside and uh, wasn't working for him at first, but he finally made it. He made it work. He put that thing on the outside, and he put the put the gas down and put the sails to the wind. And he did. I think he did what he felt like he was there to do to begin with. He, you know, from day one, he knew he had the fastest car from minute one. So, you know, I'm glad it turned out the way it did because of what happened. You know, with the lap car, 
but you know he, he was strong he was strong anyway I mean he was strong from the get go so yeah so now this is going to be pretty interesting as we uh, when we go into uh, to East Bay next uh, week um, for the United Dirt Late Model Ch- uh, Challenge Series part of the whole deal uh, uh, the points will be uh, updated on the website tonight but basically uh, Mark Whitener is now 100 points behind uh, Johnny Collins and uh, uh, he can win if Johnny has uh, has something go wrong with the deal and then Sean and uh, Sean Smith and Keith Nosbitz are tied for third, and uh, it, it's a close race. You know, as strong as them guys are, it's hard to think that one of them is going to have a problem. I think this is going to be one of them deals where they're going to race, and they're going to have, you know, it's, it's going to come down to the racing. I mean, if like that did have a problem Saturday night, I mean, charged from 20th or, yeah, 20 or 12, 14th on Friday night to run second. You know, and then and then they have a motor problem or something break on him on Saturday. You know, so it does happen. I guess things do happen. But I think with the year that Johnny Collins has had, you know, I think it, it'd be extremely tough unless it was just a minor malfunction, something or something to go wrong in that car. I just don't see it happen. I don't see. And, and those those teams are so well together. In other words, they check everything every day. They check every bolt, everything. I know you can't control what's going to happen this Saturday. But I think it's going to come down to a race, and, and I think a great race is something we'll see. There's a lot of guys coming, a lot of good teams, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, you know, you know, we talked on our show on Wednesday on Dirt World about this deal with Kevin Mills, and I'm sure you guys have already talked about it. But I want to say that I didn't realize until after Wednesday was over, Thursday night, that all the collections that are being taken up at the racetracks are going towards the crime Crime Billy, let me interrupt you there, man. We haven't talked about it, so why don't you do that, okay? Last um, Monday, I'm sure everybody knows who Kevin Mills is. Uh, Kevin Mills is a racer who races at Putnam. He raced at Volusia. He raced at North Florida, and he's still a racer. But last Monday, his dad was tragically murdered in Palaka, um, a victim of a robbery where somebody was robbing the daughter's house the dad went over there to shut the door, and as he walked up to the door, somebody shot him five times, killed him. So they don't have any witnesses. They don't have any suspects. But the the family, the racetracks are taking up a donation for the family. But Kevin Mills told me last Thursday night that all the donation money that is taken up will go to Crime Stoppers, which they already have a thousand dollars that Crime Stoppers put up for any information. So every dime that they take up from the racetrack. Is going for crime stoppers. They don't need it for insurance purposes. They don't need it for to help each other. They want it to help find out who done this. You know, and, and I'll tell you, on July 15th, two years ago, I was working at Putnam County Speedway and I lost my dad. But I knew it was coming because my dad was a victim of cancer. But last Monday, Kevin lost his dad just flat out out of the blue. When I was at Putnam, I made friends with everybody there. And, and everybody took me in, and when I lost my dad, it was just, nobody, nobody knew me. I was my first year there, everybody took me in. And that's why I feel like, you know, if you go to the racetrack this week, wherever you may be, if they take up a collection for the Mills Sounds, remember, it's not to help them eat. It's not to go towards an insurance deal or help them get out of trouble. It's to find out who killed Kevin's dad. So, you know, it's just a bad thing, Jackson. It's a very hard thing. You know, like I said, I knew when my dad was going... But it's one of them things. When somebody's taken away from you at that instant, it, it hurts a whole lot harder. And not too many words for all that. You know, it's, right. it's a tough deal. But this Wednesday, man, Dirt World, we're going to have Johnny Collins on the show with us. Friday night's one of the top of 50. Um, 
spectacular Lids off the late model. Johnny Collins was the winner. We'll have him on the radio with us Wednesday night. And then we'll have uh, the catfish, Jack Knopper, or Keith Knopper, to be on, be on with us to talk about his win at Henry County. And we're pushing right now to have, and I'm sure it's going to happen, we will have Josh Richards, who picked up the final World of Outlaw race Saturday night at uh, Lowe's Motor Speedway, or the dirt track at Lowe's. I'll be on our guest. I'll be a guest on our show, Dirt World Wednesday, 7.30. Yeah, and every, every Wednesday at 7.30, Dirt World's on with uh, Billy and, uh, and Joe Linebarrier, uh, Joe Dirt. And uh, you guys have, give us a, just an idea of some of the guys. I remember, like, right off the top, Scott Bloomquist you've had on. I mean, we've had, we've had Scott Bloomquist. We've had Terry McCarl. We've had uh, Donnie Schott. We've had Danny Lasoff. We've had um, Shane Clan. We've had Jimmy Owen. We've had... Man, we've had we've had so we've had Tim McCready, T Matt McCready, we've had on the show. We've had so many, I can't even keep up with them all. Yeah, we've had a lot of the big names. Uh, we're continue to bring them to you uh, this Wednesday. All right, we're man. Picked up the big win Wednesday or Saturday night at the Dirt Track at Lowe's. So, and the last uh, the last show you did last Wednesday night, right in the middle of the show, all out of the blue, you had live feed coming from Charlotte, yes, we North did. Carolina. Yeah, that was awesome, man. I mean, we've, we've had all the announcers on. We've had Johnny Gibson from the World of Outlaws on with us to bring us some, some things. We, we enjoy the local drivers. We enjoy the big drivers. And let's face it, it's about local dirt race. It's about national dirt race, you know. And anytime you can bring anybody on the show, you know, even if it's Jack Smith, we don't mind. There you go. And, and you got to get going because you got a show to do tonight. I'm not going tonight. I'm taking the night off. Oh, that's right. You're at the fair. Yeah, everybody knows it's a long year for me working both racetracks and continue to work. So I promised my kids I'd take them to the fair tonight, so I'm going to take off from that. Okay, day. man. You go have fun. We'll catch you uh, Wednesday night on Dirt World, 730 here on Real Racing USA. Hey, I'll talk to you Wednesday, and I'll see everybody else this Saturday evening. Looking right. forward to it. Thank you. Hey, Rob. Yeah, man, all I can say is uh, go showtime. Yeah, tell you what, what we're going to do here is how about let's take a break and uh, come back and talk to uh, maybe Rob Pardlow, huh? Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Okay, we'll be back on Inside Florida Racing. following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Karnak.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Karnak gets it done. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Bathroom Stall Dirty Joke Writer. Mr. Bathroom Stall Dirty Joke Writer. Armed with your trusty marker, you do the impossible. Make an incredibly dirty place even dirtier. Scrim- 
Your jokes make us pee our pants. Lucky for us, they're down around our ankles. You answer our most vexing question. Whatever happened to the man from Nantucket? Oh, that's a good one. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, old ruler of the rhyme. Because when we're looking for a good time, we call you. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. You know, and you got to remember, it's everybody is is hurting. There's no jobs. There's no money. That the interest, the uh, the home people are losing homes. People aren't working. Do you think that they got that extra money? They got to pay that electric bill. They got to pay this. They got to pay that. I'm hurting. I mean, I'm just like anybody else. I want to look at everybody's things, and maybe I'm paying too much money out. People don't, don't haven't been posting that stuff that I asked for. I put my stuff up, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to make real money next year. That's what I'm going to do. There he is, John Sabercombe. A little clip from our show last Monday, and uh, John uh, just sharing his, his viewpoints there. Hey, Rob, introduce us to your next guest, man. Uh, well, it's not John Saprocone. It's, um... Oh, rats. Ah, oh, rats. Yes, it's Rob uh, Parlo. And, uh, All right. Well, let's get that right. We'll let him uh, say his name. Rob, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. And how are you doing? And I'm doing great, you know. Um, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while, you know, and uh, see what you've been doing, you know, and uh, maybe talk to the fans, maybe... Acquaint them with you or reacquaint them with you to let them know what you've been doing. Um, what have you been doing these days? Well, working mostly, you know, <laughs> this tough economy. Um, trying to race also, you know, it takes money to do that. Got to work a lot of extra hours to make that happen. Yeah, I see that, uh, you know, in my travels when I was going back and forth from Tampa, I was going by the old uh, Suncoast Plaster, and I noticed I don't see your name on the side of the big rig over there anymore, Ron Summer stuff over there. What happened with that relationship with you guys? I think I got the bad end of the deal there. <laughs> um, I don't know. You got a good end of it for a while. Yeah, I had the good end for a while. And you know, and, and when they really got the good equipment and everything else here, which was probably a few months ago, you know, I wasn't with them. Um, I don't know. We struggled with the old left-hander car we had. And um, we've just gotten this new Hal chassis, and I recommended the driver that's driving now to give us a hand with it, maybe, um, since the next race is at New Smyrna. That turned into a test session with him there without me there. And um, I got a phone call the next day on my business phone there in the middle of dealing with customers and everything, and basically was told didn't need me anymore. <laughs> so, you know, that's where I'm at right now. I end up getting all my own stuff. Who did they put in that car? Uh, Brandon Johnson. No, Rob, are, are you referring to um, the ASA late model that you drive or modified? The ASA late model. I haven't driven modified for a few years. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about your uh, your racing that you, you've done. You know, when I when I met you, um, I remember you were you were pretty good at racing. You, you know, um, when I first met you, when you were running street stocks, you know, you had a good handle on it way back then, and you were young. You know, we were both. A lot younger, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you had a good handle on it then, you know. And uh, over the years, 
you know, you've really seemed to do good in any of these cars that you get in. Maybe talk to the folks about the kind of cars that you race. Oh, yeah, back in the day, you know, I started out in fans' participation and then went into um, street stock. Um, you know, that back then when you're a young kid, you got plenty of time. I mean, your whole life is racing. You don't have a family to worry about and everything else at that time. So, yeah, between that and the modifieds and everything else or whatever, you know, it's all about the time you put into it, you know, how much time you have. And, um, you know, we always were real successful in pretty much anything we got into, even in the Florida Pro back in the 99 series. Um, I was the rookie of the year and finished second in the points then. Um, and we took a few years off and had my son, you know, got married and everything else. And you just don't have as much time as you used to have when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. And we can all appreciate that a little bit. So, um, uh, and you're, uh, what do you think about uh, Lakeland Speedway closing down? I know that you ran a lot of modified races there at that track and late model races too, but what do you think about that track closing down? Oh, I love that track. Um, and we were always a little short on motor there, but I still really love that track. We finished second several times, never did get to win a race there. But yeah, I was really sad to hear that was closing down. Yeah, it's, um, it's a shame, you know. I'm, I'm sure uh, you're one of those guys for sure that'd love to see. Uh, Sunshine Speedway open up. By the way, Jack, I heard uh, more rumors about that uh, this week from somebody else over here in Tampa telling me, hey, dear, they're going to open that track back up. You know, I heard the same rumors when I was down at New Hendry. Isn't that crazy? Yep. What would you hear, Rob? Let's hear what you heard. Well, I, I might have a little inside information, which I can't share on the radio. At least I can't. Ah, come on! I know who's behind it. <laughs> um you know, okay, you're not on the air. Go ahead. There is somebody actually working on this, and um, you know I, I, that's half the reason why I bought my slate model. So I'm I'm planning on running at Sunshine if it reopens. Now, man, you really sound like that. You must really have some inside information. That's why I bought my late model so I can <laughs> run at Sunshine Speed. Well, it costs too much to, to travel these days. You know, the price of fuel and everything. Uh, yeah, it'd be great if, if if it does happen like they planned. Um, you know, it'd be great for everybody in our area. All right, so Jack, you need to remember that that, that uh, Rob's got inside information here, and we're gonna have to hit him up for it. You'll never get it out of me. Duct tape him up. <laughs> I'm sworn to secrecy. All right, so let's talk about uh, what's what, what's going on in the future. I see that you're running the SA cars. Is your brother racing anything anymore? No, actually, my brother is still the full-time crew chief on the 93 car. All right. So um, he's doing his thing. You know, I do my thing. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't want him getting any information I have, and I don't ask him for any of their information. So you guys don't even talk anymore, then? <laughs> <laughs> we try not to talk much about racing. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a, a real tough situation. I mean, that's what he does for a living. Um, you know, I don't want to ruin that for him. You know, he's got a family to support. Um, I think he likes what he does, and he's learning a lot over there. So, you know, let him do his thing, and I'll do my thing. Let me ask you, with your family, you have a family, and you race, and you're also a fan of racing. I'm sure you've been to many races with your kids and watched them. Uh, I don't know if you've kept up with the topic of our show, you know, what we've been talking about the last couple weeks, but we've been talking about the economy and been talking about... Um, uh, the lack of fans in the seats, and talking about what maybe uh, some of these racetrack owners could do to maybe change the car count, change the fan count. Um, do you have any insight on any of that? Well, I sure do. I tell you, um, that last race at Punta Gorda we went to, 
um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to get my family in the pits or even the grandstands at that for what they charged. I think it was $25 a head um, to get in the grandstands. Um, you know, for a, an average family to go out and, and watch a race, you know, that's, that's going to be over $100 there just for, you know, something they could have spent at the movies, you know, 40 or $50, half the money. Yeah. Uh, so the pricing to get in, it, it's got to be realistic, for one. Um, and since they have to travel, you know, the fuel getting there, um, that's also another expense. But you got to keep it affordable. Yeah, I think that uh, that particular show and the, the, the ASA and the, the amount of payout, see, that's another thing that we've talked about, Rob. And, and uh, being that you race a late model and, you you know, and it, you've seen the big purses and won the big purses and also been the recipient of uh, the finishing money probably more times than you've won in a late model. Um, as most of us, that's what happens because most of the people don't get the winning money. Um, like the ASA, they've got that this high amount of purse. You know, if you look at if you look at the purse for those cars, and you add up exactly how much they pay out in that deal, that's a big deal. So, with the economy like it is, what do you think about them talking about? Okay, well, they're talking about knocking the purse down some, but if they knock the purse down some, I suppose you really wouldn't want to see these high prices. The prices would have to come down, right? Right. Well, the ASA payoffs. I mean, that's that's a totally different thing. The, the class you're up against and the people you're up against are spending, you know, probably, just to throw a number out there, they're probably spending about $8,000 a race. Um, I think you only win about 3000 to $3,500. Um, it, it takes a lot of money to run one of those races. You know, you need several sets of tires to practice on, and you got to have a, a full crew in there and everything else. So there's, there's a lot of money involved. The hotels, gas to get there, a lot of traveling. Um as far as the local shows here, you know, cutting the purse down a little bit as far as, as the winter, you know, I don't think that's such a bad idea. Um, if they could just keep it where you didn't need so many tires to, to practice on and make it affordable, you know, that would help a lot of people. Well, well, let's talk about that a second. You're talking about tires at, at, at Charlotte County Speedway. Um, how many sets of tires did you buy for that race? I bought one. Um, you're, you're a smart man. Well, no, it, it really bit me in the end there. Uh, if, I, if I had had a second set of tires to test the night before and test the second heat cycle, knowing that they were going to take off and grow on me like they did, you know, I may have won that race. Um, but we just didn't have it. You know, the tires we were practicing on had over 100 laps on them. And, um, you know, they've been heat cycled probably 20 times, so it's really hard to tell what you have there. And we thought we were going to be real good. We were real good in the practice the night before. We ended up starting on the pole. And, you know, I just basically backed through the, through the field. The stagger took off like crazy in the rear of the car. And, um, you know, if I had another set of tires or a new set to, to test on, you know, through the second heat cycle, I would have known they were going to grow like that. You know, well, what do you think as, you know, when you talk about ASA and you talk about the purse, you talk about how much they spend, you know, super late model shows, you know, um, don't have the purse, that that kind of purse. Right. No? Guys that are winning, you know, a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes. You know, they've been there testing. There may only be 14 or 15 cars still up to race, and you're going to have two or three guys that are real fast, but those two or three guys have been there all week testing, you know, gone through several sets of tires, so, you know, to win whatever that purse is, 2000 or 2500 or whatever they pay, you know, they've already spent five or $6,000 in testing. Yeah, yeah, they got to kind of even that out. But you know, that's the thing is that you know, late model racing and local stock car racing are 
you know, even these little small traveling series that are in Florida are exactly what they are, you know. And uh, some of these guys are throwing NASCAR-type money at trying to run, you know, a show with guys like you and I, you know. And right. that's the thing. These guys are putting in so much to it that it becomes a deal like it's not working out for them and it's not working out for you. Because no matter if they win every race, it's still not going to even it out because they're spending so much money. Right. It, it gets frustrating sometimes, but, you know, uh, we won in different levels. We won in the modifieds, and we won, you know, run, running local races quite a bit. So the ASA thing is like a real challenge for me. You know, I'm real determined to, to keep trying, you know, at it, even though I don't have the funds that other teams have. Um, you know, I'm going to keep digging at it and hopefully here come up with a good setup on the car and eventually get a sponsor where I can come up with a couple sets of tires a race and be able to run pretty competitive there. Do you feel that ASA is going to be a long-time structured series for time to come? Well, for traveling series, um, you know, there's always going to be the guys that, you know, the older guys that want to get their, their kids through racing, and it's a very good stepping stone for the guys that have the budget. Right. Um, they come out of Legends cars, they come out of the truck. You know, they've never had to run street stuff like you and I did. Um, you know, it's, it's a good stepping stone to get noticed. You know, there's a lot of people there watching. Um, you know, I can remember running at Hickory and having people like Harry Gant, you know, up there watching us race. Um, so it, in order to get noticed, it's a very good series. Yeah. Now, uh, what are some of the tracks that that series ran, runs at that are not here in Florida? I haven't had a chance to look at the schedule for this year. Um, last year when we were traveling, we went to I-70 Speedway in Missouri. I uh, went to Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Hickory, North Carolina, uh, Orange County Speedway, North Carolina, uh, Cordell Speedway in Georgia. Uh, I think they went to Peach State here not long ago in Georgia. Um, then a few of the Florida tracks. Concord, yeah. There's some pretty cool places they go, actually. I mean, I think it's a great thing for late model racing for there to be a series like that that is competitive and seems to have a, a, a wide variety of aids there, whether it be the young guys that are just getting started or guys that have been racing for a while. Um, and I hear it from everybody. It's a tough series to hit, man. It's just tough to get all that stuff to come together and and uh, have that car up front at the end of the race. Right. That, that car has to handle, with that crate motor in there, that car has to handle absolutely perfect. Um, that's the problem that you know, I have. I just don't have the help behind me. You know, we've we now have the help. I just need to come up with the funds. Um, but to get the car to roll through the center of the corner, it just has to handle absolutely perfect. You're not going to overdrive that car and, and win races with it. It has to handle perfect to begin with. Um, it can't be off any. You know, where a car with horsepower in there, usually you can do something and you can drive the car. You make it turn and, or make it bite off the corner or something like that. You get by with it where these cars have to absolutely be perfect in the middle of the corner. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, you guys want to ask Rob anything? No, I just want to say hi, Rob. You and I, um, excuse me, we spoke the night of the ASA race, and um, we talked that evening about your concerns about not being able to get your family into the pits with you. And and that's like, you know, guys, that's, that's one of the comments that I'm seeing being posted on the forums. And, and we will put those questions to Bobby Deal later when he joins us. Well, you know, like I said, that's, it's, 
get, it's got a big payout in that ASA deal. And that's the only time I've ever. If Jack has he ever charged that kind of money before? No, not only maybe those. Uh, I don't even think Bobby has, but you know, like something like the trucks, uh, the monster truck deals. I don't know what mm-hmm. they people pay for those, but not in terms of stock car racing, no. Right. Well, you know, I, they were. I don't think it's a trend of things to come. No. I just think that. Uh, no, that that was what he felt he had to do. I mean, we'll he'll tell it himself but you know what i've heard is that from him is that that was what they felt they needed to do to be able to make that show happen and you know i disagreed with it but that's you know it's his call it's his track it's his he's the one got to pay it not us so you know we can say what we want but they're going to do what they feel right just as we do at our own domicile i really feel if they if they made the emission somehow less than ten dollars and you know made it the local hangout the thing to do on saturday night um, you know, attract younger kids maybe and, and whoever you can get there and, you know, make it up in the concession stand. Exactly, Rob. And that's, and that's what we have been discussing on this show for weeks and weeks now about, about making, about making it so the kids are getting in free with their paid adults. Because we all know the truth. When you've got kids, you are shelling out a lot of money at your concession stands and in your gift shop. So they're going to make it up. Well, you know, the, Obviously, there is a tremendous amount of expense even on a regular night. I mean, you know, it's like like the promoter we had on last week. I mean, you know, this guy's talking like nobody in the world knows. You know, the only people who know what a racetrack expenses are are people that own them, and which is complete nonsense, of course. I mean, the you know the light bills are a lot. You know, it's like some people are like fifteen hundred dollars to turn the lights on. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the in, insurances is like. You know, in the neighborhood of 1200 for most people, some more, some less. You know, you got a ton of people working at the tracks. Uh, you know, some have a lot more than others. Some have too many working. Some don't have enough, you know. But, again, you're, you know, $1,500, $2,000, whatever. you got to pay people to, to come out and, and, and do all the jobs that have to be done. There are a lot of expenses, and we understand that. But, you know, we talk to people like in, uh, in uh, other lines of business where they have to decide on how they charge things and you know it's a debate that's probably not ever going to end but there's a track up in uh, miracle is it called motor mile motor mile speedway rob you're probably familiar with that up in virginia that guy's charging like five bucks because he's got the theory that he will get so many people in there that he makes so much money off concessions Mm t-shirts and everything else and vendors that you know that's the way he goes about it uh you know but then uh, uh, Winston Salem up there at, uh, at Bowman Gray Stadium, they charge ten bucks to get ten thousand people in. But then, you know, there, there's another point of view, which is, you know, we can't risk those low prices at ten dollars or eight dollars, like a lot of tracks do. They just don't feel they can do it, and so it's an ongoing argument. Well, you know, you know how I feel is that if they just charge the adult fifteen dollars and let the kids in free with a paid adult admission. That, that would be enough incentive to get those families there and the track would be giving people a deal and and actually you know without doing it you know without losing that money because the whole deal is you need the paid adult and you need those adults to be able to pay for food once they get in well yeah and I think our guest just hit it on the spot Rob Rob Parlow you say you know make it the hangout I mean I think that's the concept that that to me, that is the concept, you know, and 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 even things like, and, and these are things that are not that difficult if you go to the right people to try to accomplish it. 
Um, there's a tavern in Bradenton out on the west side. That's just a dumpy little place with three pool tables. But anybody in that entire 20 miles around that place knows that if you want a Philly cheesesteak, that's where you go. I think if they offer some kind of a student admission, you know, get your teenagers back out there. You know, a lot of the guys know driving back from races late at night, coming back across the Howard Franklin Bridge and areas like that, you see all the street racers hanging out there. I mean, there's thousands of people out there, you know, all young kids. You give them a place to hang out, you know, let them in for five bucks or something like that. Let them throw their cars off or run fan participation or something like that. You know, maybe there's something there. Well, you know, fast cars just reduce their deal, and and we'll see it. And that's that's not necessarily the answer for everybody, you know. I I, I do agree with that, and 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 I'm sure Bobby will deal later on. We'll have some some his comments yeah. about that. It's not necessarily. It's not. I don't think it's a one size fits all. Each track's different. Has different absolutely different demographics. You know, there's a far cry between Citrus and New Smyrna. You know. Now, what works for one may not work for the other, but at least. I think that, well, we're going to find out. I mean, because I'm not getting in no argument with anybody tonight, like, like Bobby Deal or anything, but <laughs> I think that he's more apt to listen, obviously, than um, somebody that just hates everyone. But, but I think Rob has a good point with a special teenage rate, you know, a teenager rate, you know, for, you know, you know, for 16, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, encourage them, you know, they're driving themselves to come out, you know, to come out to the track, bring a carload of their friends. Well, uh, Rob, you you do, uh, your business, uh, you know, involves race car guys, right? A little bit. Um, we do mostly just auto sales. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Well. You're a car salesman? Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> okay. So, how does the economy affecting the whole racing deal from your perspective? Well, I mean, you know drivers, you know what you got to do, you know other drivers. What, how do how do you see it? Well, it, it's getting really tough to race. I mean, cars are you know, people a lot of people have cars, but they're they're parked. They're sitting on jack stands in their shops. They're not running them. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to get any better for a while. If there was a way, you know, they could run those cars without having to spend a lot of money, you know, maybe we'd get them to, to bring them out. You know, my car, I have no intentions to on running it till next March. Um, money's just not there. Um, you know, and there's a lot more guys like me that are, that are out there that have cars sitting there, especially the modified. Uh, if they could ever agree on a motor rule for these modified, um, you know, they, there are a lot of them sitting around here. Hey, uh, would you bring your car out more if... Um Late model races were more set up where the paying the payout was leveled. So you may get they'll say, okay, we're going to pay you five hundred dollars to show up and race your car tonight. And if you happen to finish in the top three, then we'll pay you a little bit extra. But everybody throughout the field gets that. What do you think about that? That would help, but really, you know, I, I want not to ASA win. now. Not, not ASA, so you wouldn't have the, the people buying three or four sets of tires to test on. Um, you know, they need to make it somehow fair for everybody where, you know, the guys that have the unlimited budget just can't buy all those tires. Um, if there's some way to, to make you run scuffs or or something like that, the tires are where it's at with the late model. That's the big expense right now. The fuel's not too bad. Um, you know, you get by, you know, my crew guys all paid their own way in the last race to help me out. Um, I mean, that's a big expense there, especially practice night. 
I think it was like $40 to get in per person. Um, you know, and I'm talking ASA. I'm not talking a regular night. All right. Um, but, yeah, just have to make it to where you can, you know, everybody sitting there with their car sitting on jack stands knows that they can go there and have a chance to win without spending a fortune. That's what somebody has to come up with. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, like Citrus does with their 35-lap races. Because, listen, I'm the, the days of running 100-lap races every week or every other week at track is going to be done, I, I think. You know, next year I think you're going to see more of um, at these tracks where they'll run one late model race a month, one sprint car race a month, and that kind of deal. And, and that way it goes back to where they can concentrate on their backbone classes a little bit more and, and then have that big race. Because I think as a track owner, it must be hard to pay out these big shows every week and say you're doing it during the summertime when the rain hits you at the wrong times and then you end up drying the track off and having the race and nobody's there. Except on dirt, where you don't have to dry the track off. Great. Here we go now. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it's a they, fact of life, man. But if the dirt track gets too much rain, sometimes they. Well, exactly. Yeah. I was joking, but the but the the point is, is that you know at at the uh, at the dirt tracks, the expenses for the cars are a lot less, and uh, and also they don't have very few. I mean, most of them have four or five classes at the most, four classes, whatever. They don't have eight classes of cars running with you know. And those things, I mean, it's less expensive to run those things. And I think that's one of the reasons that we see over and over again why they're not, they're doing better on overall than the asphalt tracks. I think that definitely the prices need to come down. If the prices can come down to race, then like Rob said, that these cars will come off the jack stands and they will come out. So, And we want to see that happen for the backbone classes. We want to see it made more affordable for you know, road warriors, bombers, thunder trucks. You know, all you know, all these mini stocks. You know, for these backbone classes, for those classes to build back up again. And when those build back up, I think the the butts and the seats follow. Well, let's go back to the modifieds, Rob. You, now, we've had we've been talking about this for years now. What do you what do you run? What do you think the modifieds are? What a five thousand dollar motors? Is that what they should be? Yeah. Well, I I think they need to pick a motor rule and stick with it. Um, if they just, you know, the claim rule didn't work, um, but now pretty much every track in our area, the surface isn't as good as they used to be, so you can run a high horsepower motor and you don't have a, a serious advantage. We don't have Lakeland anymore. Um, you know, the next two places maybe be Lake City and um, New Smyrna, um, where you might have an advantage with more motor, of course, but I think the seven pound per cubic inch um, isn't a bad rule or, or some kind of an unlimited rule with a, a higher claim or something like that. Um, but, you know, these, these spec motors they were building, you know, guys were spending like $15,000 on them. Um, and I think the racing is better with more horsepower. You get, you know, the spec motors, everybody runs the same. It's just like these crate motors, everybody right. looks like they're running the same. Right. Um, you know, you get a guy hooked up with a lot of horsepower, that car's going to be able to pass cars. You know, later in the race, the guy that's burned his tires off, you know, you're going to be able to pass that car. So you get a little bit more action. Um, you know, and then everybody can race. Everybody that has their car sitting there, you know, seven pounds per cubic inch, they can pull them out and then go run Inverness and places like that and run competitive. Do we need to revisit the Gulf Coast modified whole deal? Uh, that, that, again, is one of those spec motors. They started out, you know, I built a motor for that. I think I had about $3,500 in it, and I could run competitive. But then that started to get out of hand. Um, 
you know, guys ended up spending twelve, fifteen thousand dollars on motors. What about gear rule? Gear rule, um, they did that to us. We built the motor for a gear rule. Never got to run it. Um, built it during the off season, and they changed the rule by the time we got to to run it over there at Suncoast. Um, that <laughs> again, you're building a motor that you know has a lot of bottom end torque. You're spending a lot of money, you know, to try to make it do something special um, to where. You know, the other guys that already have the Gulf Coast motors and stuff like that sitting there, they're not going to run good with the gear rule. All right. Yeah. So, listen, man, we've just made you commissioner. You've just been elected commissioner of racing for Florida. Oh. Congratulations. <laughs> one more job. <laughs> and this so, one, you don't get an increase in pay. Sorry. Oh, great. <laughs> no increase in pay. So, what are the top two or three things that you think we need to focus on? Well, the number one thing I'd say, you know, make it inexpensive. At the same time, make it where everybody can run competitively. Everybody wants a chance to win. Um, nobody's going to spend their hard-earned money out, you know, and go out there and, and not have a chance to win. Uh, I think you'll bring a lot of cars back if somebody can figure out that formula. Um, prices at the gate got to be less money somehow, some way. You know, I think if, whatever your stands hold, um, you need to be able to fill the stands. You know, after you fill your stands, maybe you can sneak the prices up a little bit or something like that. Um, that's definitely something right there. That was spoken like a true track owner right well, there. Well, no, those are three. Those are three very good points. Now, on the first one, on making it less expensive for the drivers, mm-hmm. people have brought this up many times, and there's lots of examples of it. Sometimes the drivers become their own worst enemies because um, guys will go to the promoters and the, the race track owner or whatever, and they'll ask for um, rules changes. Um, and this thing, that thing, and the other thing, and you get a sequence of events over a couple of years where you take a, a class that's supposed to be basically a stock car, really stock car, and next thing you know, people got $15,000 in in them and $8,000 and $10,000 motors. So how do you do that? How do you get the drivers from you know stopping that themselves? Because it's, it's tough. There's always going to be somebody that has so much money out there, you know, that's the shocks are a real killer right now. Um, you know, the last race I had to add 100 pounds to my car to run ASA legal with a set of shocks I had because the shocks that came with my car costed more than what the ASA shocks are. But actually, um, it'd be a lot cheaper to run adjustable shocks around the whole car. You don't have to have you know 30 or 40 of these shocks in your trailer and run your one set. Um, you know, shocks is a big thing, and, and tires is the biggest thing. Uh, but no matter what you do, there's always going to be a guy that can find somebody out there. If you had a non-rebuildable shock, somebody's going to find a way to cut it in half, you know, and weld it back together or something like that. So that's going to be tough. <laughs> um, I really don't know what the formula would be to, to, to cut the cost down so you could race competitively and, and not spend a whole lot. Well, like I said, it's, it's going to come down to that the, the purses are going to have to be leveled a little bit more to where it's more fair for everyone that comes. So everyone gets a piece of that action so it's affordable for everyone. You know, you can't... The, the, the track owners are never going to do anything that discourages tire sales, okay? And that's the main thing that what my idea is will do is because guys are going to show up with their cars and they're not going to buy any tires. They're not going to buy nothing. They're going to barely buy enough fuel to get it out there so they can get that start money. But what's going to happen is the more cars that start showing up, then they're going to start getting to have heat races and stuff, and some of those guys aren't going to just get to race their cars if they don't work on them. 
and bring them with, you know, the reality of that they're going to race them. Um, getting, getting, uh, given all the payout to the top part and get, sending guys home that spent the same money with $200 is the reason why car counts dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Um, if you ask the track owners, they say, oh, I had a great car count last week. And then you look at it, and it was 15 cars. That today is a great car count when, you know, years back it wasn't like that. The payouts haven't changed that much since back when we ran at Sunshine Speedway. But the economy's so screwed up that, uh, that they can't continue to uh, to raise the, the payout. So I'm glad I'm not a track owner. Well, I'm glad I'm not the commissioner, uh, Rob. You got your uh, work cut out for I you. I my hand full now, don't I? Yeah, you, yeah. you buddy. <laughs> Good luck. Well, if I can figure out a way to run my car competitive in the ASA, you know, then anybody can. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it's... That's the thing. Um, and knowing about your car, you know, that's, that's another problem. You know, people can pay engineers. You know, a lot of the guys that you're up against have somebody that's on the cup team somewhere. You know, it's hard to compete against people that have that kind of knowledge, too. And that's always going to trickle down. There's always going to be somebody, even in your local racing, there's going to be somebody that has more money that can pay somebody like that and make the car work. So. That, that's, that goes down all the way to the very, I mean, the most basic introductory type racing classes. You find that to be true. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. All the way down to the go-kart. Yeah, exactly. If you didn't pay anything to race, okay, nothing, would you still want to go race your car somewhere? I'm not racing it to, to win the money. I mean, I'm racing it because I like to, to beat all the guys in the area. I mean, the guys I run against. Um, you know, I never look at what the first is in the end. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say that because, you know, I know there's promoters out there that want everybody racing just for trophies. Um, if they could just find a way where you're not spending so much to, to win the trophies, that's the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Well, Rob, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight. You know, we're coming up at the top of the hour. We got uh, our next hour. We're going to have Bobby Deal on, and uh, he's going to have to face some of these questions. And uh, you know, just when uh, he gets all the answers, just as it happens to me, the questions are going to change. <laughs> yeah, Rob, thanks so much for joining us on Inside Florida Racing Season. Uh, it's been great. Thank you, Easy Rob. See you later, man. Thank you. All right, see you. Okay. Um, One of the good guys, man. One of the good guys. Great interview. Nice guy. It was a pleasure meeting him during the ASA race. Let's see. Still coming up tonight, Rick Bristol. We're going to get the update about the Charity Trucker Race coming up December 5th and 6th. Of course, we're going to be joined by Bobby Deal. And tonight, we make the big announcement for the October Inside Florida Racing Pandora Jeweler of the Month. Hey, you guys got any candy? Yes, I do. Sucks, doesn't it? I can't stop eating it. I, you know what? I was smart about this, Rob. I bought candy to give away. They would not tempt me to eat it. It's not chocolate, so I'm not tempted. So it can sit there. I'm good. Ditto honeys or something like that? No, Starburst and Skittles. I, I can ignore Starburst and Skittles, and so uh, right. I'm not tempted to eat it. So, listen, man, we're going to take a break now. We're going to come back, and then later on after, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Rick Bristol and spend a great deal of time with Bobby Deal. And, of course, then we're going to name our announce our... Our Pandora Driver of the Month for Pandora Jewelers and Inside Florida Racing. Next hour. All next hour, so stick around. Inside Florida Racing.
Powermaster is your ASA series sponsor for the XS Power batteries. Powermaster is pleased to announce the introduction of the XS Power series of batteries. XX Power batteries for racing applications and batteries for your car audio applications. 12 volt batteries for street machines, street rods, off road vehicles, and even motorcycles. XS Power batteries means 30% more power and no battery spilling. Powermaster also carries your starters and alternators. Visit us on the web at www.powermastermotorsports.com. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Professional Movie Extra Guy. Mr. Professional Movie Extra Guy. Never in the history of cinema have so many done so little for so many. Anybody can pay eight bucks to see a movie, but only a true artist can be paid eight bucks to be in a movie. Snotty lead actors need lines, direction, motivation, not you. You sit on your butt perfectly in scene after scene. A true pro, you're always focused, even if you're seldom in focus. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Nobody, because you're not just anybody, you're a paid anybody. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you. Soon, check it out. UnitedDirtLateModels.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated at Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes of America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Let me tell you something. They want to come to the race, they're going to come to the race. And that they're going to come to watch the races. There's so much other things out there that kids do today. They want to sit on those computers. They don't know how to build a car. They don't know how to weld. They don't know how to use scales. They don't know how to do any of this stuff. All their father and mother does is spend money on these kids, and they don't teach them the basics. following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Carnac.com. <laughs> it's real radio. <laughs> it's inside Florida racing. Nothing like a little live radio. Good evening, everyone. We're back and uh, moving on. We're coming up to where we're going to be having Bobby Deal with us. But first, we want to talk to Rick Bristol and get the latest on the big charity trucker race coming up December 5th and 6th. Hey, Rick. Hey, how you doing? Doing really good. How are you? Oh, busy. <laughs> How are things coming for the big race? Huh? How are things coming for the big um, race? It's it's, uh, it's coming good. Just a lot of work, and I just got back from uh, I just got back, so I'm trying to recover from. Uh, I went on a cruise to celebrate uh, my wife and I's 25th wedding anniversary. So, uh, congratulations! Yeah, I'm trying to catch back up. So, uh, it's been a, a busy. As soon as I got back, we had inventory at work, so I'm just uh, just getting caught up. But uh, things are going good. Um, just uh, working on a lot of the uh, 
planning and right now the program trying to get it designed uh, for the event. Um, and then we spent the weekend, uh, at, went to Ocala Friday night, passed out flyers and some tickets and I uh, went to New Smyrna Saturday night and Saturday during the day we hit the east side of Orlando pretty hard with flyers and tickets and posters and we're just, just working at it. Now, Rick, what about LAP sponsorship? Are there still LAPs available to be sponsored for $20? Actually, there's a, there's 83 LAPs left. Um, we, um, we, we were struggling along, uh, with LAPs this year. Normally, normally we already have those sold and, uh, but, um, we were struggling along and the other day Mr. Cohen with Ram Transport called and he bought 75 LAPs. So it really gave us a boost. And, uh, so we got 83 left that we're trying to sell now. Okay. And if somebody's interested in sponsoring a lap, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, they can call 407-497-0448, or they can email me, and Jack can tell you the email address. It hasn't changed in years. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's rbmini68aol.com. Either way, they can get, just let me know uh, how many laps they want and uh, give me their information, and we'll get in touch with you. Okay. And this is coming up December 5th and 6th, and uh, if people want, if they the first time them coming over there and they want more information, they just can find it on your website, correct? Yeah, they can go to carsracermarketing.com. That's all together, carsracermarketing.com, and it's got all the information about the event. And uh, Or you can go to uh, faststar.org, Orlando Speed World, and you can go on there to get directions and that type of thing. Um, but it, pretty much the site gives... Uh, the events from 2006 and 7, information about those, and then it has all the information and links for this year's event. Is the family getting excited about this? They are. Actually, uh, <clears throat> she just she just arrived back into town from Texas for where she had her 24th operation, um, and um, she's in a lot of pain. Um, they they uh, I, I didn't get the full details. It had something to do with the back and um, some stuff there that, um, she's just in a lot of pain. So she's uh, struggling a little bit on this one, but she just, they just got back in town, and I'll be going over uh, sometime next week to meet with them and uh, also uh, the folks at uh, Bartow Ford, and they're going to try to help us out with uh, some advertising uh, on the local radio station and a push from them too. So uh, we'll be having a meeting with, uh, with all of them next week sometime. What kind of truck count are you expecting for the race? Well, um, we're going to start 28 trucks. Um, we, we backed it down from 32. Um, you know, I'm hoping to have a full field. I'll be honest with you, the economy is, you know, obviously to everyone is a little bit of a struggle. Um, a lot of guys are waiting. There, there's a big 100-lapper coming up this next weekend here at, at New Smyrna. A lot of guys are waiting to make sure their trucks are in one piece. And then there's a couple more races in between uh, at DeSoto and, and Charlotte County with trucks that uh, guys will probably hold on. I, I may be... Uh, pre-entry time until the 30th of the month and I did that on the you know just so guys had enough time after the races the big races were over to make sure that they had trucks and and uh, all that stuff so they they have till the end of the month we I, the tentative count I've got so far with ones that are paid and the guys who have told me they're coming they're just you know holding their money and stuff we're, we're at about 24 right now and I never know you know like I said I don't get a hold of everybody so um, I think we'll have a full field and um which is what we need. You got you got twenty four confirmed tr- trucks right now. You think? 
Well, I've got nine prepaid, and with the people who say they're coming, I'm up to about 24. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, cause I, I spoke with uh, Andy Lacerra. He drives the uh, 121, and uh, he told me he was, he's planning to be in that race. Right. There's there's a lot of guys that there's a lot of guys that I won't know that I don't even know that might be coming, and then there's um you know there's guys that uh, are waiting to find out and make sure they have. I got guys. I got guys that run late models and all. They're looking for trucks. Yeah, so, yeah. You just never know, you know. Yeah, and there's a couple. I, there's a couple of the people I talked to in the last few days that I don't think have called you yet, and they're going to, who are definitely coming. Um, right. That they just haven't called you yet. They're new. Think, you know, new to the game. We'll have. We'll have. I think we'll have around 30 trucks. I. I, I really do. And um, you know, the other divisions are. They. They kind of started out slow, but I've, I've been getting some phone calls on those and. Um, some entry forms in the mail, and so uh, you know, I think we'll be pretty good. I, I'm getting some calls because I put out that I needed people to let me know if they planned on coming, so I get their names in the program because I I don't want to put just everybody's name in there, but I'll probably have to take an educated guess at some of it just because I'm trying to get the program, and I got to go to print by the 17th, and I won't have all the entries in then, so just gonna kind of take a guess at it. Hey Rick, how do you guys run that uh, that 200 lap race? Um... Do you just run it solid, or do you have a pit stop in the middle for everybody? Well, they don't let you come. <laughs> there's a there's a halfway break at lap 100 or around lap 100, and what we do is we pull them all down uh, on the Bandolero track that runs around the inside, and we park them all there, and then they have 20 minutes to service the truck. And um, then you're going to run on the other direction, right? No, we're not going to do that. But um, they got 20 minutes. They they can change two tires. Uh, they can change wedge and they can put in or take out spring rubbers. They can change the battery. Uh, they can, uh, fill fluids and, you know, basic, basically that service the driver, give him a drink and, and wipe off his face and all that good stuff. And, and they'll go back at it for another hundred laps. We run it, we run it like a, a NASCAR race. The lap trucks go to the inside and we will have, we do have a lucky dog pass. Um, and so we kind of run it the same way and, and, uh, we get down to, uh, Race got to finish under a green white checker, but other than that, we count cautions up until lap uh, 198. It's it, you know it's kind of neat. Like uh, last year, I, it was fun, you know, because like the cars when the the trucks, excuse me, when they uh, if they wreck or you break or whatever, they end up in the infield. And so by the time the race is over, because it's a long race, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of a lot of just people hanging around the infield. Uh, talking like if you go out on on lap 50 because your car or truck breaks you you got time to do a lot of socializing and there was a lot of that there was kind of a cool thing because again although you know the guys obviously they go race to win it's for a great cause and that's more important than than all the rest yeah well we started um you know the amazing thing is that and and really when i started this thing i said well we got to have a lot of trucks because uh you know you're going to lose a bunch of them but the first year, we started 28 trucks, and 24 of them finished, um, all 200 laps. And then last year, we started uh, 32, and 20, I believe it was 21 or 19, 19 or 20, somewhere in that neighborhood finished after all 200 laps. So really, the attrition um, isn't as bad as we would have thought. You know, we, we tried to take some steps to make sure guys could um, do some things to make it last. We let them put an extra cooling fan uh, on the transmission cooler and stuff like that, so they can, uh, you know, they can kind of keep that stuff for cool as best they can for all those laps. And 
Um, by doing the halfway break, I think that helps a little bit. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty good. I, I thought we were going to lose more trucks than we did the first couple of years, but it's been pretty good. And most of the guys are doing a good job of keeping them, uh, you know, getting them ready for it. Okay, well, Rick, thanks so much for joining us tonight and giving us an update. I know I am looking forward to coming up there um, for the race. And, right. Uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to having everybody out. We, we, we really uh, really think it's going to be a good deal. The sponsorship stuff has come together really good this year, and uh, if we can, just, we can just get our entries all in here and get the program done, um, that's a big headache that I, that I don't normally have to deal with, but I've got a friend who, uh, she's a graphic designer, is going to help us get that laid out and and uh, get it to print and everything, but uh, just a lot going on this month. It's going to be a busy month. going to be uh, visiting a bunch of tracks. going to be uh, out every Saturday out here in Orlando passing out stuff, and uh, uh, we got a lot going on. CarsRacerMarketing.com. Rick, we'll talk to you again, of course, at least once or twice before the, the event, yeah. and uh, we'll talk to you well, soon. As always, appreciate your support and all the help that you do and, uh, and being on the shows and getting the word out. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, man. See you. Okay. Hey, we have uh, one birthday to acknowledge. Uh, Mike Franklin. Happy birthday to Mike Franklin. He will be racing this weekend at Charlotte County Motor Sports Park. So uh, happy birthday to him from all his fans that enjoy watching him race out there at Charlotte. Coming up before the end of the show, the big announcement that everyone is waiting for. Who will be the Pandora Jewelers Inside Florida Racing Driver of the Month? And uh, that is coming up. We'll have that announcement before the end of the show. I tell you what, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of speculation out there of who we will pick for this month, for the month of October. And uh, the decision has been made, and that will be coming up before the end of the show. And please... Uh, just make a note, in a couple of weeks, we will be announcing a Lifetime Achievement Award from Inside Florida Racing. That will be um, coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll be making that big announcement. And now it is time to sell some newspapers. We have our one of our best newspaper salesmen on with us now. Well, <laughs> well, welcome to Inside Florida Racing, Bobby Deal. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> Say what? How's Jimmy Olsen? Oh, fine. I think Jimmy's Jimmy's doing pretty good. He's holding up good these days. How about Clark and Lois? Everybody at the at the <laughs> at the Daily Planet is great, man. You guys get rid of all your kryptonite? Uh, yeah. You don't have. I don't think you have to worry about that. Okay, just kidding. Hey, what a beautiful weekend, huh? Gorgeous weather, and uh, you had the checkered flag sprints there Saturday night. Yeah, but I want to hear what happened when the uh, those guys all went back to dirt. What happened down south? Oh, hey, we had a great nice night of racing at the New Hendry County. Biggest crowd, anyway. biggest, biggest crowd they have had in quite a long time, like in, like in three years, I think it's something like that. Just phenomenal. We had a really good time. Um, a great battle between Keith Nospich and uh, Sean Showtime Smith. And uh, so it it was a good time. The fans loved it. And uh, looking forward to having them back at your track next August. Oh, man, I, I, uh, next August. I hope we do it in December this year. I keep trying to call Kenny and won't answer his phone. <laughs> Smart guy. You know what, that, Kenny's probably one of the hardest-working people uh, at the Daily Planet trying to sell newspapers and, and push the ball. I mean, uh, I, you know, kudos to everything and all the people that he has that work so hard to make that whole program go. Hey, hey, Bobby, um, before we 
get into anything else, I just want to take a moment. Now, I, I noticed that you have been um, recognized recently. For, um, you've received an award for your track. you want to tell us what that's all about? Well, I, I don't really understand it myself. Uh, I, I, I did get it, and it was pretty neat. And there again, uh, it's not Bobbyville uh, or Bobby's World. There's a lot of people laugh about it, but uh, a lot of people work very hard, including you guys. Uh, in the media, I mean, there, there's nothing more important than the media about getting the word out, and this is definitely a sport and, that needs to have as much exposure as possible, especially on the positive side. But you know, spell the name right. You know, you know how that goes. <laughs> exactly, I, I understand about the whole name thing, but well, actually, it was the United States Businessmen Business Association's uh, uh, presented Charlotte County Motorsports Park with an award for. Um, the best of the best for Charlotte well, County. Excuse me, uh, the Willie Jellybees. You know, uh, we just left the uh, cars yesterday, and I joined their group, and that's another group of people that are cool, too. Uh, but, you know, there's so many people that make this whole thing work, and, you know, uh, it's so neat to get an award, and, and the award is for them. Well, listen, I'm going to let, let Rob, uh, Rob and, and Cece have a oh, bunch of questions. On, hey, hey, Rob, hang on just a minute, man. Well, before... Uh, you came on. We have Rod Partlow on, and you know Rob, and he, uh, we, we appointed him commissioner of, uh, of racing in Florida, and, uh, he, he said the top three tasks that he needed to work on would be, um, making it less, uh, more inexpensive for the racers to race, uh, making it more competitive so that the guys who went out felt they had a chance to win and there wasn't just a couple of people taking all the the dough home and uh and three um it costing less money for the fans so those were the three things that he threw out but uh we'll put the same thing to you if we put you in charge of the whole shebang what would you say i would say everybody needs to donate a dollar a piece and hopefully we hit the 15 million everybody gets a ride for free and what a day it would be <laughs> okay. Now, I mean, everybody's got to pick in a dollar, right? How many fans are out there? What's our chances working together? Push the ball the same way. Whether we play the lottery or sit at a Walmart or a wall, you know, a uh, uh, Publix or whatever, trying to promote the racetrack, the end result is how do we answer those three questions? And obviously, the rules uh, making a parallel uh, uh, platform to race on is probably a very uh, uh, you know, achievable thing, and that's what we try to do with the the fast trucks. And I can tell you, a lot of the uh, parity that we have going on, uh, we've had quite a few different winners. But it is one of the things, the hardest things to do as a, a promoter, track owner, or anybody in the decision making. Rob, I'm I'm sure you can attest to Jack. You've been around. CC, you're getting to learn about it, but it's hard to handicap somebody because they work too hard. Agree? Well, yes, but I, I, I think some of the, well, like Rob's been talking about um, making it level, the, the payout level to encourage the drivers to come out so everybody knows they're going to get at least a certain set price, and that helps them with the cost of coming to the track and racing. I know that's one thing Rob and I have been talking about. Well, you know, and, and there again, um, 
that that's a great novel approach to do and there you have to it, it really costs and again i i don't know what the other tracks pay i don't own my property so i don't have 68 acres of paradise and you know i'm just trying to do the best i can but i know that i have to come up with twenty eight thousand dollars a month to, if we were to run the lights and if we were to flush the toilets and if we were to have insurance and security and the uh, rescue people and the employees and all that is $28,000 a month. And, and as hard as it sounds and as harsh as it sounds, the, the worst thing of all is we take it off the back of the racers, which this is the only sport in the, and uh, probably the Milky Way that the competitor has to bring on the, the, the birth, the actual expense of the sport. I mean, it's incredible. And I'm a racer, and, and now on, on the other side of the table, it's very tough because it's like, you know, John laughed at me because I paid out so much money with 11 late models. But you know what? It wasn't the 11 guys that made it because it looked like rain that, that you could penalize it. Yet I paid them a full purse. I didn't cut the lap and because you can't. But uh, I think if there was some way we could make a leveler playing field, we need to look at it. And, and by all means, uh, have some great people, have some input on the uh, website and the message board about the things to do. And I thought group tickets might be a better way to us forecasting how much money we have to put out in person. And, and so we're open to suggestions. The problem is you got to, and John's right in a lot of ways, you got to have that reality touch to it, even though we'd love to give it away. But if you get away, we won't have anything, you know, like, uh, uh, to sell after a while. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, I'm all for making it affordable uh, throughout the field, and that's why we don't pay a points fund. And I get ostracized for that, but to me it's more important to be the best, well, not the best thing, because it's not trying to throw more money in front of somebody else, but pay as much as you can uh, from that night event so they can come the next week. It's usually the guy that wins the championship is the guy that has the most money anyway, and, and that's really the drawback of racing if you're not into a spec class. You know, uh, as far as like the Legends, the Legends are a great controlled spec type of deal, uh, you know, but, but you don't see a lot of late model drivers driving Legends. Yeah, what about um, the other class? Let's, let's not talk about late models, you know? We talk about late models a lot, but late models is a small, small uh, player in this game of weekly <laughs> racing. I had uh, uh, Troy Robinson, uh, Batman, uh, Car Zero, and, and Jefferson, and, uh, uh, you know, Doug Moss, and, and those guys, and, you know, Eric Rudd. Uh, you know, I, I love to talk to the racers and get their input. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, rather than paying a 1000 to win and put that carrot on top, is it, maybe making it 800 or 750 to win and spreading it more evenly through the field. Is that what you're trying to get to? Well, yeah, and, and it's not not necessarily only that, but if you took the whole purse, you took the whole purse, whatever the number is that you normally pay, and you restructure that whole purse so it's just about even from first to last to where, if, if, just like it, you, I go back to, I don't want to ruin people's perception of what these, um, you know, monster truck races are, but the monster trucks are not, it's a race on TV, but all those guys are getting paid X amount of dollars, that's it. They're showing up, they're all getting paid. And that's how they get them all to come, because if they didn't do that, if they said, well, we're going to have a race, and we're going to pay, you know, big uh, whoever the winner is, we're going to pay him $10,000, and the rest of you are going to get 
you know, 500. Well, they wouldn't have any trucks there. Right. They pay those trucks to show up, and, and that's how they get them. So when I'm thinking about, when I say, let's not just talk about late models, let's talk about your other classes, too, is those classes dwindle and dwindle and dwindle because there's just not any in incentive there for those guys to come and race other than the fun of driving the car. So if not only in late model racing and truck racing or whatever, but you run it all the way down to your lowest class of racing because that's where you want people to start racing, you give them an incentive by saying, hey, if you come race in my four-cylinder class, okay, you're going to make X amount of dollars the whole field, whether it's first to last. Now, your incentive, Bobby, to make people come and buy tires, I guess, and to work on their cars a little bit more to win is to give the guy that wins something extra or maybe a set of tires or, or something like that. So um, there always is an incentive to do that. Well, we just left the cars of yesterday, uh, which was kind of an enlightening type of program, very similar to what uh, you know you're talking about as far as bang for the buck and level playing field. They've got some unique. Uh, they're first of all and foremost the love of the sport, not in winning. See, the problem that we have, whether they're driving a, a four-cylinder Fab Four and then they move up to Pro Force and they move up to a Road Warrior or a Thunder Truck. They move up into the Outlaw Street Stocks and on and on. Someday they're going to be a Winston Cup in the space show. Right. You know, I mean, that's their idea. But but these guys have the, the you, you can't win but one race a year. But seconds wide open. Uh, you can win as many heats as you want or can, but, but you can only win one race. And it's all about the show. And, you know, these guys, we let a driver and the uh, crew chief in free, and they win three trophies. And, you know, but that doesn't pay their gas, but because they love the sport so much, they're out there putting on a show. Now, either you got to make money off the front gate or the back. Now, the problem is you have fixed costs, which are your lights and your uh, water and your insurance and your ambulance and your employees and all that. You have fixed costs. And, you know, it's your responsibility as a promoter to, to get everybody to push the ball the same way and, you know, uh, become marketing partners to make it all happen. So, hey, it, it, if you can have an idea, Formula Rob, I'm wide open. Uh, we're, I'm willing to try it. We could do it once a month and see. Uh, you know, it's one of the things you can't just do it once and, and say, yes, we're going to do it or no, we're not. Uh, we had talked, and, and Ronnie Sims brought up a, a, a kind of a neat idea about letting kids under uh, 12 and free which, you know, we went back and we looked at how many kids, how many tickets did we sell that was the 12 and under. And, you know, yeah, it would have taken 300 bucks out of our, our pocket, but how many people aren't coming because of that $5 cost factor? So the plant came up with an idea. They said, you know what, why don't we take and have family packs similar to a citrus? And it's not reinventing the wheel, it's taking with other people doing work and Citrus is very successful in a lot of ways and, and rather than having the uh, X amount of dollars at the front gate per adult and then you know five dollars or eight dollars or whatever the kids are is uh, two adults and two kids in for boom and make it a family right. so, I mean we, we say we're the family uh, friendly racetrack and you know we're, we're looking at doing that for next year in fact let me tell you I'm real excited about something that is about as 
off the wall or out of the box or whatever you want to say. But Ron Barney, uh, that guy that charges $20,000 for bringing a touring series to ruin your racetrack, that guy, uh, he had to work with somebody up at Kalamazoo, Michigan that came to him and said, you know what, our attendance is down to about 28% what it normally is. I've done everything. I can't seem to get it. Do you have any ideas? He said, you got to listen to me? And the guy said, yes. He said, you got to have a fan fest night. Let all the fans in free. Well, he was averaging uh, that same 1,400 people that you know the guys up north have, uh, at least up around Highway 64 or something. Uh, and the night they let him in free, they had over 7,000. So, you know, if you do only make 40% off of your profit on the food and drink, then, you know what, 40% of 7,000 is a lot more of than 100% of 1,400. Hey, you know, you could also have a going-out-of-business sale. They did that down in Hialeah and had 7,000 people, and you were there that night. And uh, besides that, though, uh, Ronnie Sims called and said that uh, he's going to take you to school in the first race of them uh, them uh, cars yesterday. Well, you know, uh, we could have a going-out-of-business sale every year. The, the problem is you don't want it to ever come true. Uh, but, you know, the, the sunshine gather. In fact, the cars yesterday, we were talking about a reopening sunshine. How do we got to do to do that? We don't want any racetracks to close. My God, if, if DeSoto dies, it, it just becomes another part of the feeding chain to keep us all alive. I mean, I wish John would be able to be as successful as he could possibly be. John being John Saprico, let's get down to some brass tacks, Bobby. What do you as a track owner, I mean, you got to deal with, one of the things I see, and you know I see this day in and day out, is I've said this many times on the air, there are promoters of racetracks, promoters of traveling series, and just people who hang around this sport who wake up every day looking to see who they can bury in the ground. And while there's people out working hard to make this sport work and anybody that's involved anybody that's involved in this sport in a business way or or in any way where they're they're intimately involved in it knows that there's people who you know like to fight and fight within each other and the people up north i hear people up north who are promoters say what is wrong with you guys in florida how speak to that how do you feel about this i mean the controversies that just don't seem to end doesn't that take away from what we're trying to accomplish? You know what? You're exactly right. You know, you have promoters out there, Don Ream. He's a phenomenal report, uh, promoter. I mean, he got hooked up with, with the radio, and we went out to a, a pizzeria, and there was all kinds of... Uh, now, wait a minute. Let, let's, get the, let's get the proper credit out there. It was Brickhouse Pizza and Italian Grill, and I put that together for Don and the Checkered Flag Sprint Series, and... Uh, Hoping to do more of that uh, with the different series and classes yeah, out there. <laughs> I want my credit, Bobby. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you don't need to toot your own horn to hear yourself in the band. <laughs> no, but but I, I just want to acknowledge Brickhouse Pizza and Italian Grill because they 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 want to do more work with uh, your racetrack. Well, you know, and there there's there's people like that dying all over the place to do it. I mean, and you get it. You know, people are trying to. Uh, lower the prices to get people to come in the door. Well, if we can promote them at the racetrack and they can promote us at the pizzeria, everyone wins. You know, the, the customer wins because they get a better bang for the buck. They're doing what they love and they're getting fed well. And, you know, everybody can hopefully take the best advantage of their expendable money because that's what we're talking about. 
the, the money that you can expend without having to lose your house. You know, which, exactly. You know, I mean, tomorrow's the election, and uh, the world will change. I'm sure gas will go back up to six dollars a gallon or whatever. But uh, you know, uh, actually, I think we're starting to come out of this. Uh, the people that are breaking the ground are starting to break the ground. The poor painters and roofers are about two years out, but uh, we're by no means over it, but it starts to move. This is America, and that's what it's all about. It's people having stock in themselves and, you know, working together cooperatively. I mean, they call this the United States. I don't know this north-south thing just doesn't seem to work with me, but, you know, it's the united effort of everybody working together to make it so. I mean, those guys are out there and putting on the show, the entertainers, the racers, uh, you know, they, they give it their all, and it, it, it's tough on us in a regular deal, but to drag the baggage of a race car to a racetrack and race it and have, you know, no reward for it is, is even asking the uh, actor to really do more than they can possibly post, you know. So, no, we all need to work together, you know. We have the uh, promotional package where our racers go out and earn money for the pit slabs, their entry, and their tires, and everything else by going out and promoting themselves along with us. I mean, the idea is cross-promotion. Hey, Bobby, let's talk about, um, when you talk about cross-promotion and uh, helping out your drivers like that, um, don't you offer a way for them to um, get their sponsors a billboard there? Well, you know, exactly. You know, we have billboards that many, what, when you say, well, how much is a billboard? It's like, well, how much do you have to spend? And we can tell you what we can do for that bang of the buck. But a basic billboard is $1,000. And with that, what we've told the racers is, you know what, you may have a sponsor, or maybe you don't have one now, but you may be able to get a sponsor to help you get to the races. I'll give them 50%, $500 of that billboard to please put that name on their car. Please make that thing out there when we go out in promotions. Please, please show that value of what that billboard's worth. I may let them in free, but you know what? The people with the billboards don't care if the guy paid that sees the ad. He cares about how many people see the ad. All right. Yeah, you, know, you got plenty of room for billboards there. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, it used to be in the old days, I, I, they were really more soundboards than, than billboards because... Yeah, you know, they went all the way around the racetrack, you know. So, yeah. so you, so you got $7,000, approximately $7,000 a month, a, a week to, uh, to get the, the place open and, and to keep it running. What are some of the key problems that you see? I mean, the things we've been talking about a lot with other promoters have been, uh, promotion, a front gate promotion, and you know, um, you know how, how important that is, and, and, uh, pricing, ticket pricing and all of that, and, uh, what are some of the problems that you see? What are the most important things that you, you see as what we're confronted with with the sport around the state? Well, you know, we have, I think there's uh, something after Island, if I can't believe it's what it is, but there's 15,000 people moving into the state every day. I don't know how many people die and I don't know how many people move out, but there's 15,000 to move in. And one of the biggest jobs that we have to do, I mean, this racetrack has been there 21 and a half years. And it's still uh, uh, a mystery to me why, why there's so many people that don't even know it exists when they can hear it. And, and so that's our job, to get out and reach out and touch those, to get those people. Uh, you know, so 
Um, I guess that's one of the biggest things is getting the exposure out. And, you know, it's one thing to promote in your own backyard, which is within a 10-mile area, but you need to stretch out. Like, we draw people from Tampa, drive down uh, to Naples. We have $39 motel rooms at the uh, Motel 6 where, where our fans can, can hang out and go enjoy that beautiful breakfast down at Fisherman's Village, you know, and we need to sell that package uh, for them to maybe not come down every week, maybe come down once every six weeks, but make it an adventure and uh, do things. You need to have a value for what you charge the people. Yeah, you know, that's true, Bobby. I mean, you know, you got to admit, downtown Ponte Gorda, man, is, is getting to be a, a better and better looking place, you know, since the hurricane and it's getting more built up and I think you got a lot to offer uh, fans that do show up there some kind of package deal other than just racing, you know. Oh, my God, we're the uh, number one harbor for snook, redfish, and uh, tarpon. I mean, look at where, I mean, ESPN does a whole TV show on the redfish tournament, last year, not, not 10 minutes from the racetrack. Redfish Cup. So, you know, if there's that kind of uh, value out there for the guy that wants to come down and enjoy it, maybe, you know, we need to package these things and, and be smarter in, in the way we're trying to do business rather than just saying, hey, we turn left, you want to come. Hey, uh, so, so what you were saying when we were talking before, so I heard you actually say that you were willing to maybe try once, uh, once a month to do some kind of uh, kids' night. Now, um, since you guys sell tickets for 12 and under for whatever it is, $5, you guys could easily track how many tickets you sell on a night and then also track by giving the free kids tickets how many free kids actually show up on that free kid night, right? Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you couldn't do it just once. You know, you're going to have to say and commit to it, too a 10-week uh, hypothesis. I know that's educational language, but right, you know, that's, right. that's where you, you have a theory and you justify and prove the theory through repetition rather than just a one-time shot. Because you can't, you, you, it gets skewed by so much things like the weather or maybe you got a mm-hmm. series going on or maybe you got, you know, a, a first and done concert or whatever, you know. But if you do it over a 10-week program or 10-month program, you might find out you're better off to do it every week because you gain. And if, if the worst you're going to lose is that $350 a week. And, you know, if you're not willing to try to better yourself, then you're probably not in the right business. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to hear you, um, you know, express that, Bobby. And one thing I was sort of curious, somebody asked me um, over the weekend about um, tracks helping themselves um, having an increased income by selling lap sponsorships for for an, an affordable rate so like moms and dads could could buy a lap because of you know their kids little league team just had great success or you know when the kids are graduating from high school um, and for businesses to be able to buy laps is that feasible well you mean to like wrap your vehicle no to go on and, and you know the to sponsor a lap, like you know, lap, you know, lap number one in the Road Warrior race, the Outlaw Street Stock race is. The announcer talks about them. Yeah, the announcer talks about them. There'll be a little, maybe something in in the program, and 
you know, lap number one of tonight's Outlaw Street Stock Race, sponsored by, you know, the Port Charlotte Little League team in honor of their, you know, you know, their winning season or whatever. Or, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, have, you know, have purchased lap five to honor their daughter who just graduated on the honor roll. Or yeah, 20 like, bucks, Bobby. You get 20 bucks for that. Each oh, you know, and you know what? The neat thing is that might be that... Uh, that money that you're talking to level the playing field. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that's what that's why we are coming. We're always trying to think of ideas, you know, to help all the tracks um, survive. Like you said earlier, we want all the tracks to survive and and maintain and grow strong. Hey, Bobby, listen. You know what you just said was was, was exactly right. That if if you if you level, see, that's what I was trying to say, Bob. Is if you if you leveled the field and said, listen, you're going to come race in my late model race tonight. Paying every one of you five hundred dollars tonight, okay? Every one of you. If you want any more money, okay, here's how you can get more money. You can get some sponsors to throw some money into this thing and maybe you might win it. Or get some lap sponsors in there. Because that way, Bobby, is what you're doing is you're laying out this is what I'm paying for this class tonight. Right. Well, it's I, called, I think it's called isn't it isn't it called seed money? Where, where you're planting the seed, and, and in order to make that purse be able to be the value they want it to be, yeah. they need to make it work. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think that's a great idea. Imagine your backbone class, Bobby, what that would do for them. Those guys would be out working on finding a sponsor for their class. You know, it, 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 when you say a sponsor, one of the things that all the racers don't want to do is give up that dollar ninety-eight that that they can get by putting the name on the side of their car. What they don't understand is the, the promoter, man, hey, I'd give them 20% of whatever they could bring, and the value of being on all 20 cars is a lot more than their, that one value of one quarter band. Absolutely. So everybody wins, you know, and it's that mindset of working together, which, I, you know, some, it's really hard to put your faith in people, but as an educator, that's what I do every day. You know, I'm thinking on the future anyway. You know, and that's why we do some risky things. And, you know, sometimes they win and sometimes you really feel bad. But unless you do stuff, you'll never know, you know. I mean, if you just say status quo, you'll never improve your, your position of where you're at, whether it be a break-even or, uh, you know, uh, going out of business sale, Jack. Well, I, I sure like your uh, outlook and your approach and uh, your response to other people, i.e. us, um, trying to put insight into your business, because the guy last week didn't like it at all. Well, you know, it's uh, it's tough. Everybody's individual in this type of deal. But, uh, you know, and, and, and you get beat up a lot in this business, and it's tough, but you gotta, I don't really let anything really bother me, because if I did, I couldn't do the job as much the best ability of getting success that I have. Anyway, you only got so much opportunity and to waste your time on trying to do trivial things that don't make a difference uh, or fighting somebody. That's so ludicrous. Stupid. But uh, anyway, uh, you guys had a gentleman, uh, Racer, Race Car 99, or Race Fan 99. Yes. Okay. He put it on the uh, website, and, and I, I'm sorry, but... What I'm teaching is tough. That's, that's the realracingusa.com website. Yes. And, and he ended up asking about um, the opportunity 
to have a reduction in the front gate or the possibility with the highlights was free ticket sales because they know they're coming and, and if you could make it, you know, five dollars off from whatever the value, you know, the, the front gate is, there's a value there from a forum. And between you and I, if a person's got thirty-five dollars to spend, and, and the the formula that we use, whether it be uh, you know the dumb school teacher formula or the smartest guy in the world formula, is about five dollars per person that walks through the gate is what they're going to spend beyond getting through the gate. Now, if you bring in a guy that couldn't get in the gate because he's five dollars short, you're going to make that five dollars back up. But the loss of the fifteen dollars of the twenty is where you really are losing your shirt because the empty seat is the most expensive seat in the whole place. Well, Bobby, you know what? This is what you do, son. This is an idea, okay? And that is the beer drinkers out there, you need to raise the price to their beer a dollar for one, okay? Is that the vice? How much is the beer? Well, we have... Uh, Hold that thought, Rob. Hold, how much is the beer? Our draft beer is $2 in our Kansas three, and then the last face of the night... We have Miller time, which is a dollar off. So it's a dollar for a draft and two dollars for the uh, can. I got you. Go ahead, Rob. Now, now, Bobby, now when did you start with draft beer? What did I tell you at the very beginning? You can't count draft beer. You can only count the cans. Well, I understand completely, and yes, you beat me up on that night too. But uh, sometimes <laughs> learn to listen. Uh, uh, you know, but at the same time, I can tell you. Uh, the same thing with the uh, uh, bag in the box, uh, or the uh, you know the Pepsi box. You know, uh, first can. I mean, I can tell you it's no secret that you know you're going to spend right at seventy-eight cents for a can of beer. You're going to spend seven percent tax, and that's something that you know nobody keeps addressing except you know people who say some people don't pay tax. Right. But you know, it, it's seven percent. So if you sell a can of beer at seventy-eight cents. You're going to be at a dollar two by the time you're done. You know. Oh yeah. Well, and uh, but the bottom line is, you you got to be careful and uh, making sure that you don't count those cans. Or I can tell you, to put some of that uh, draft beer, you go through five gallons of uh, foam, uh, which you know it may look like somebody's utilizing. Uh, more of the uh, house, you know, giving away beer, but it's not really that. It's the, what it takes to run the, the tap, you know. But, uh, you know, that's all a formula. Well, getting back to that, what I was saying is raising the price. Instead of raising the price, and, uh, we were talking about each person was worth $5 when they come in, and that got me thinking about, well, geez, you know, these days to even drink a beer, you know, it costs you, you know, $3 or to even get something. So I think they're spending more than the $5. But let's just take one of these things like beer and cigarettes, and you raise the prices on that, and that doesn't hurt the family as much. And that's what you're trying to do is promote a family-type deal. And I know the beer drinkers and cigarette smokers out there are going, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? But that's the way that you can get that extra money for whatever. Hey, hey Bobby, i got a question for you now. I know you went to the school, and you know that I've said forever that the, the, the track owners, when they buy a track, the first thing they do is they go to the secret um, racetrack owner school where they learn the catechism. And um, 
What I want to know is why don't they teach in that school for racetrack promoters and owners to put a, um, a, a credit card machine in the track. It's called an ATM. When I go around to racetracks, I never, I mean, I think I've seen it once or twice, and that was somewhere in North Carolina or somewhere. It just seems to me to be one of those things that in this world we live in is a no-brainer, and nobody does it. Why is that? Well, I can tell you, uh, I've been around the block for a year and a half and wrote about every type of bicycle you could do. Uh, I had an an ATM machine out there that the guy brought me out, um, you know, to to put up and try. And he said, well, you know, no problem. You just need to put in $10,000. I said, what? He said, well, you got to put in $10,000 in the ATM machine so you don't run out of money. I said, what? You're supposed to fill it up. He goes, no, you got to fill it up. He gave me the machine. So what we've done to uh, kind of do a middle of the road is we have in our main office, you can go and swipe your ATM uh, card, and in a controlled way, we can charge it and give you the ticket or cash back right out of the office because we like that personal touch, uh, <laughs> and, and we also can't afford what it takes to uh, load the machine up. Plus, if you got that thing loaded all week, uh, the chances are it's wanting to walk, you know, get up and walk out is a lot better uh, if people know there's money in them, you know. So, you know, yeah, you could put in $300 and what it runs off, tick off the people that tried to buy, you know, to get an ATM number, but they can just walk in the office and do it. We we tell them that when they come in and over the intercom, which, you know, but then again, yes, you're right, but it costs to rent those. They're, they're pretty expensive, about $2,500. I didn't realize I, I I didn't realize the bank charged that and made you stock it with your own money, Jack. That that was new to me. And you know what? Of all the time I've been going to that track, I never once have heard that announcement, Bobby, that that you have that option up there in your office. I did not know that. He don't want everybody to know because then they'll take all his change. Do you realize what it takes, CC, to bring change to one of those events? Yeah, hey, CC, let me ask you a question. One's and five. Yeah, let me ask you. Okay, I'm going to give all three of you the uh, um, Highway 64 question of the night. How much money does it take to open the front gate? The answer is it depends on which track you're talking about, but it's going to be somewhere between probably 4000 depending on your cost of your um, staff, how big your staff is, and like you said, 7000 Hey, wait a minute. i got a variation, Bobby. Is you didn't ask the question right. Okay, you're right. That's how, 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 much, how, 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 much you, how much money should you start with, or how much money do you start with? Well, that's true. We go to uh, Walmart a lot for the bank and beg for fives or ones. But, but the truth be known, Jack, you got it right. Unbelievable. Dead on the money. $4,000 is what it takes to open before you open your front gate in ones and fives. Yeah. You're able to make... Now. Well, just so you know, just just to clear up that point, because that was brought up last week, John Sapricone insisted that I knew absolutely nothing about this. I was four days away from closing on Bronson Speedway with my two partners, both of whom were CPAs who have been in the business for 30 years who are involved in racing. And so, yes, we do know a little bit about what it costs 
and what the dollar amounts are. So I, go ahead, Bobby. Well, you know, um, and, and there again, sometimes you guys in the media don't get enough credit for what you do know because you're not only there from the inside of motorsports and the outside from the fans part, you know, I mean, Jack, you've done every part of racing. Rob, you've been in the actual behind the seat and had to pay to get in those air and pay for your tire bill and buy the fuel and replace the fender and go through that bad axle and, you know, have to do it all week long. And see, you've cut up, up in the grandstand, but you bring something else to the table, which is called the, the knowledge of what it takes to promote one of these. And I will tell you, uh, since we were convinced to going back to kick country and doing things, uh, there's, there's been a no- noticeable increase in the grandstand, and I, I attribute that to a lot of work from a lot of people, but it's also the media. Uh, without the media, you're in the dark. The media is the light bulb. Hey, well, I'll have to say that DC definitely uh, has shed some different light on uh, the advertising aspect of these races and how you can mix them together. And uh, she did get kind of bashed on a little bit last week about that, and I think that's something that uh, he shouldn't have really harped on too much. Um, well, Chris, that's what she does. Chris, Chris Ponsolt, oh, the I, owner. I appreciate that, guys. Absolutely. And Chris Ponsolt down at the Henry County Speedway, I guarantee you, um, the only reason he's not on here tonight, we just couldn't get a hold of him, but uh, we talked to him. He called us several times to let us know how much he appreciated what C.C. Brooks and, and that whole advertising campaign did for his deal. So it does work. Well, you know, I don't know if you can do it as the, I mean, we, we did a phenomenal job, and I say we because everybody's there together, but actually what's truth be known, there's a lot of people that work behind the scenes, C.C. Jack, you know, have been out there, you know, making the, those right calls, and we had a phenomenal show. I mean, if you can imagine, we got a, a, a basically a seven thousand dollar nut. We got to break to be even to break even. Add a twenty thousand for just the ASA, and then throw your other probably about eight thousand for all the other classes. Because we don't run just one big class. We're real stupid. We did three classes, four classes. I mean, last weekend we had you know the the sprint uh, cars. We had the uh, modified. I mean, we had 17 roll-offs, and we ended up with 15 of them start, which not a bad count. We'd like to have 24, but it's bad times. But then we had the sportsmen, the outlaw street stock, and, and you know those are all fairly big ticket items. And each one in itself, we had four of them. Well, give us but what? With the work that you guys did. Uh, you know, at the uh, uh, pizzeria. I don't know why I can't remember names, but Brickhouse uh, Pizza. <laughs> What's that? Brickhouse Pizza. It's Brick. actually, and that's really, it's Brickhouse Pizza, an Italian it's restaurant, and they Italian do have excellent Italian grill. Yep. They have excellent, excellent food, no doubt I, about yes, that. I, I have lunch from them once a week. They bring it to me the radio station. I've never had anything yeah, it's great bad. Place. It's awesome. Great place, Bobby. You know what? It's very family friendly because. You got things in there. You got TVs with the races going on. You got yep. sports happening. You got kids running around. I mean, it's a real family type of deal. And, you know, uh, they just have beer and wine. They don't let alcohol get in the way. All right. I got to tell you this, Bobby. I'm always picking on uh, Jason, the announcer. Um, and uh, sometimes I, I pick on him, you know, maybe I shouldn't. And uh, uh, I was making a, a kind of a, a bad joke about uh, his. Uh, 
his uh, outfit that he wears, which is his trademark, which you know sometimes I think is maybe not the most appropriate uh, for the situation. Sometimes, most of the time it is, but occasionally I think it's not. Um, but anyway, he wears the uh, the bib overhaul deal, and it's it's his trademark, and it's kind of a cool thing for a lot of people. And I was I was complaining to somebody the other day about that that deal, you know, and I was whining about it, you know. And so I go down to the the brick house. Uh, uh, pizza and Italian grill for the sprint car deal, and there's a bunch of kids there. It's Halloween night. A bunch of kids there for a, a contest, and CC Brooks is giving away a prize. And uh, here, one of the kids who's about 10, 11 years old, maybe, and he's got this bib overhaul outfit on. He's got a beard placed on his plastered on his face. He's got the perfect, exact replica sunglasses mm-hmm. and a microphone in his hand, and he was acting every bit the part of Jason the announcer. It was, it and I had so to eat cute. crow. It was so cute, and he had he had he had the overall stuff, so he you know had himself a little belly. Oh, he had a little belly. And I did. Bobby was dressed up like a track on. But it, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, kind of cute to see that, and it reminded me of like, you know, you see uh, people who who emulate uh, the flagman, little kids mm-hmm. who like to emulate the flagman and the various people. But it, it was kind of cool to see that. But, you know, that was his Batman or Superman costume. Right. He, that, you know, we, we all are role models for the young, and, and hopefully we don't scream and kick and call people funny names. Yeah, so give us some. Um, listen, man, we're up against the clock here. Could you give us um, give us a three or four uh, minutes of... Uh, Give us the future of Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Well, if the ASA come in and get the track paved and we become the ASA Southern Home Track and we got the unlimited dirt and we got the Harley-Davidson Friday nights and Sundays and we got the uh, 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 CCMP Educational Motor uh, Go-Kart Academy going, uh, I think everything's going to be pretty good. you know, it's all about the future and, and making it work. Uh, and, and this weekend, we're going to be honoring the vets. So, you know, if, if you're a vet, uh, come out, be part of the parade lap, bring out your ID, we'll get you in. You know, it, it's all about supporting people and the best thing we can do. It's the community. And you're having the 100-lap super late model race this Saturday night, aren't you? Oh, yeah, 100-laps of super late. we got Wayne Anderson, Mike Franklin. Uh, you name it, they're going to be there. Billy Bigley, uh, Scott Walters. It's, uh, oh, by the way, Ross Castain. We're hoping Rob is going to be there, but I couldn't get it done to pay the entry. Yeah, I understand that. Now, listen, um, since you only took two minutes of that four minutes we allotted you, who is the um, the uh, veteran, the older gentleman who uh, who watches, uh, who helps uh, at the track on Saturday nights, who's there by the... The flag stand, making sure people don't go down on the track when they're not supposed to. Who is a veteran who's been helping you with the um, the whole deal? Who who is that? Uh, what is t- talk about him? Well, his name's Ron, and you know he loves to be called Rotten Ron, mm-hmm. uh, just because I can tell you he was a river a rat in Vietnam, which means he rode a uh, an inner tube with a big fifty caliber machine gun trying to protect our shores from the Viet Cong, and uh, he was part of Korea. Uh, he was the 112th person uh, in line when 111 of them died, and he's got the stars to prove it. And he's our guy that puts the flags up every week, gets general uh, 
Jim Shelton to come out, uh, bringing a Medal of Honor colonel out. Uh, they're bringing a, a 20, or excuse me, a, the Honor Guard's coming and they're going to do a 10-gun salute, but we're trying to get it to be a 21-gun salute because Bud passed away last weekend and uh, he was a veteran. He had been at the racetrack since 1990. Uh, he's never missed a weekend and he passed away and he wished that his ashes would be put out. So, you know, we put his ashes up there with Dale's helmet and uh, next week we're going to have a tribute to him and his family and uh, that's what Ron does. You know, Ron, gotcha. Ron's a great guy. I have spent a few nights after racing down at the Waffle House in Punta Gorda with him. He's a really nice guy. He's yeah, got he lots is. of great stories. Yeah, good guy. All right, Bobby. Appreciate it, man. I'm glad you could uh, take the time to spend with us. I know it's... Uh, Be sure and tell everybody out there if they have any ideas to make this better, this sport better. Uh, you know, I may be a teacher, but I'm the best learner I've ever met. And uh, they can email me at fast truck with one T. That's F-A-S-T-R-U-C-K-I-N-C at, AOL, at uh, AOL.com. Or just call us at the racetrack. We'd love to get their information. Please put it in an organized fashion so we can review it and try to uh, you know, try it. We'll try anything. Hey, Bobby. I think we should have ladies night at the racetrack. Every night, night. <laughs> hey, we'll come you know, up with a special. We're going to have to give it late night at the, uh, you know, because somebody's got to pay for it. Now, God they, don't you guys know what 68 acres does? <laughs> All right, Bobby, we know it's past your bedtime, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank, Bye, Bobby. thank you. Remember, you're the light of the future. You're the media. Okay, thank you so much for joining us, Bobby. And um, we are we are running out of time. The show has just flown by this evening, and um, we are going to be coming up on our big announcement: the October Pandora Jewelers Inside Florida Racing Driver of the Month. Can't wait to make this big announcement. Um, you know, the, this is a driver who has well deserved this award. So. Uh, we're going to be getting to that in just a few moments. And I'm excited because this Saturday night I get to take to the dirt at East Bay Raceway Park. Looking forward to it. My first time driving on dirt. Going to be participating in the Stars of the Media Race that uh, will be taking place up there before the United Dirt Laid Model Challenge Race. So I'm all excited, and I just want to uh, say a big thank you to uh, Johnny Collins and his number five United Dirt Laid Model um, because they were them uh, hooking me up with my race suit for Saturday night. And it should be a lot of fun from uh, Charlotte County Clear Channel Radio. We have myself going up to race, Brian Kindness from the Beach 98.9, and Ken Lovejoy from News Radio 1580 WCCF. And we will be joined up there with some, uh, least some Tampa and Lakeland media personnel. Don't know who all that is going to be yet. But uh, it should be fun. I guess they're putting us out there in some four cylinders and uh, letting us have some fun out there for probably about eight or ten laps. And I'm excited since it's going to be my first time. So that should be lots of fun. And of course, this will be the championship race for the United Dirt Laid Models. And uh, it's going to be a great race. If you've never seen the United Dirt Laid Model Challenge uh, Series race before, join us up at East Bay Raceway Park in Tampa. Just a reminder to everyone. If you want to recognize um, a, a driver, um, somebody on your race team, somebody in your family, their birthday, please send me that birthday information. You can simply email me at cece at wikx.com. That's 
C-E-C-E at W-I-K-X.com, and we'll uh, make that birthday or anniversary announcement for you on Inside Florida Racing. Also, if you have any questions or comments you would like to address to me, please just email me. That's C-E-C-E at W-I-K-X.com. Or you can send it to me at R-O-B-E-L-T-I-N-D at AOL.com if you want to send me any kind of good or bad. I don't care. We want it all. Doesn't matter. Just as long as you're listening and you're responding. Um, so I hope that uh, Bobby answered some of the people's questions out there. You know, he can uh, ramble on and answer questions at the same time. And uh, you know, and as the as we progress through the month of November, if you see a driver out there that you think deserves you know recognition, please you know let us know about the driver. As we get to the end of November, you know, send us that driver's name, send us their stats, and uh, we will consider them for our November driver of the month. And you know, in January, we'll make the big announcement. Rob, our uh, driver of the year, the person that wins that gorgeous four thousand dollar ring from Pandora Jewelers. Yeah, we need to put a post up, I guess, on the message board that says who should be the driver of the year. And let's start seeing um, what kind of response that we get out of that. Well, yeah, I think we, we can list all the drivers who uh, have won so far this year that, you know, people can take uh, consideration of them. And if there's maybe somebody we have not recognized yet, they can let us know about that for driver. Absolutely. Uh, that's what we wanted to tell everybody, that it doesn't necessarily mean that because they drive were the driver of the month that they would win that ring that somebody else couldn't but um i think it's a pretty good shoe in that one of these guys that's one uh is probably going to be the winner oh i agree um when you, when you take a look at the people that have won over the year there are drivers who are are pretty consistent and um and worthy of the driver of the month and which will uh if you if we once we get a chance to go back and look at their whole year's performance, um, I think we'll see that um, it quite easily could be one of the people that have already won ends up as our driver of the year for 2008 and takes home that gorgeous Pandora Jewelers ring, oh beautiful gold and diamonds and uh, it is just going to look mighty handsome on uh, a driver's hand out there and you know. Um, gentleman or lady could possibly end up as driver of the year and take home that ring and for the lady you'll just have to size it down just a tad okay are well, we ready yeah i do have to say i do have to say that they often call the guy who comes in second yeah the first loser <laughs> yes you know what i mean yeah well sean smith came in second at henry county speedway uh in the seven thousand dollar to win Kim Allen Memorial, but he definitely is no loser. As a matter of fact... No, he's not. Matter of fact, Sean Showtime Smith is the Pandora Jeweler Inside Florida Racing Driver of the Month for October. Congratulations, Sean. And, uh, you know, and part of this goes to he had three first-place wins. He won at Ocala, Volusia, and East Bay in that second place at uh, New Hendry. Sean, congratulations. Well, thank you, Cece. I appreciate that. And uh, excited? Oh yeah, definitely. I can tell. Maybe I can. Uh, I'm in the running now to get that ring. That's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, that that's always, right. You could hawk it and probably get a few sets of tires. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would never do that. At the rate we're going, I need to. <laughs> hey, you can sell it and make a motorhome home payment. <laughs> well, you sure about that? 
I tell you what, Sean, you were looking close to getting number four last uh, last Saturday night. I thought night. you had that it was, Saturday. That was uh, well, you and you and Keith put on one hell of a show, man, for the fans down there. Yeah, I, uh, I told Keith he had a. Uh, he had some unfortunate luck whenever I got by him, and I told him, I said, you know, that, that was a bad deal. If I would have won it because of that, believe me, I would have felt bad, but I still would have cashed that check. It wouldn't have bothered me that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. He had a, he was a little bit better than I was, especially for the way the racetrack was. And, you know, he, he had that little bit of luck and got into it with the lap car. And, unfortunately, when I got the lead, under caution, I got into it with the same lap car and bent front spindle, and you know he was able to get back around me when we went back green again. And then he, I'm not sure what happened to his motor, but it was like his motor was laying down, and I made another run at him, and mm-hmm. you know then it he got it cleared out, whatever was going on with it, went on and won it, and I was lucky to hang on for second. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. And I'll tell you, this year has been, uh, you know, <laughs> last year you had, uh, especially towards the end of last year, you really were were strong and. And, uh, you know, you've struggled a bit trying to get a, a, a win in that United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series this year. But uh, it seems that um, the last month you've really come on, man. Well, it's uh, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, uh, those guys that are that are running, I've said this all year, these guys ain't no slouches. Johnny Collins and Mark Whitener and those guys, you know, they've been in these traveling series, the National Late Model Series, for years, stuff like that. So... They were already, they'd been to all, most of the racetracks that the United Dirt Lake Model Series went to this year, and they knew what the tires were. They ran on them. Ivan and Lloyd, those guys have been running on those 21s and 55s for years. And, you know, from down, I call it south, but south Florida, you know, from Tampa area and all, we ran on 15s and 35s. We didn't run on those type of tires, so there's a little bit of a learning experience getting used to those tires and I think that's been the biggest thing is just everybody from down here adjusting to those tires. Hey, Sean, how'd Raymond do? Uh, I broke the transmission before he even made it out of shop. (laughs) So he didn't run anywhere. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, for you folks out there. That's Sean's uh, other car. Uh, What's going to happen this week, Sean? I mean, are you going to return that favor for Keith and maybe you guys will switch around and you get first and he gets second? Well, that would be all right, uh... I know Keith and I are tied for third right now in the point deal, so whoever uh, whoever finishes ahead of it, whichever one of us finishes in front of the other, we're going to take that position. We got a we got a lot of ground to make up on Johnny and Mark to get into first or second. But you know, stranger things have happened, especially at East Bay. That there's probably going to be about 50 cars down there, so anything can happen. Well, Good luck, Sean, with uh, that coming up this week, and uh, congratulations on uh, finally getting in there. It was getting towards the end of the year. I wondered if you were going to make it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, you know how it is. This racing deal, if I can roller coaster, some days you're up, some days you're down. So right now we're uh, we seem to be on the high end of it. And the end of the year always is the big money at the end of the year, so I guess it's good to be up right now. That's right, man. Just think about last year, how good you did at the end. The same thing's going to happen this year, Showtime. <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Hey, Rob, are you going to be able to make the race Saturday? Join us up yeah. there at East Bay? Yeah. Make sure you uh, take care of that, Jack. Put me on that list. I'm coming. All right, man. Good deal. See, he moves back to the area. We'll actually get to see him at the races again. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Sean. Congratulations, man, and uh, you deserved it. All right, thank you, Jack. All right, man. We'll see. We'll see you at East Bay. See you at East Bay. Weekend. Thank you. All right. Platform this weekend. We can't get it that quick. Well, we'll try. I don't know if we can. We probably can't, but I'll try. And uh, so, uh, what do you think, guys? What did we do tonight here, huh? I think we did. I think we had a great show. um, A nice conversation with Bobby Deal, and um, you know, once again, Bobby sounding very open to you know working with drivers and coming up with ideas and suggestions to, to make things more affordable for and, everyone. And, and Rob was... All mon- of the promoters that we've talked to, okay, have been very receptive to different ideas. Absolutely. To try to do stuff, except for one. Well, I'll tell you, they had a they had a mess out there this past weekend. They had, uh, they had uh, you know, not to mention the fact that, the, again, the, the, the attendance... And, and we're talking about the Soto Super very, Speedway. Very, very, very few cars, or very few people in the Soto Speedway. And they average 1,000. How many were there? Less than 100. I've had two people tell me they counted less than 100 in the grandstands. I mean, and that's what's been going on, a lot of that. I mean, there's been some good times, not to say there hasn't, but it's not been good. The Soto Speedway, unfortunately, is not is not. Keeping uh, pace mm-hmm. with uh, the economy or anything else right now, and, and it really is a shame to see. It's a great, great track. It's one of the best racing places for the drivers, and they all say that for you know anywhere in the state of Florida, it's one of the best places. Um, they had to, another incident involving police out there, and, and it's just a shame to see what's happening. And uh, unfortunately, this one is going to end up in more lawsuits. That's already. We've already confirmed that, you know, with the, the, the uh, people who, who are associated with the, the, the deal. And uh, it's just a shame to see that. And, and we need to have, um, I mean, there's no... Management poor. It's, it's just the way it is, you know. Um, it's, it's a shame, but, but it's life, I guess. Well, I believe he told us last week who was running his show over there. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. Have either of you guys heard anything about the rumor that's going around uh, that the DeSoto Champ Carts may be renamed? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding you, man. People came up to me over the weekend and asked me about that. this. They're not named that because of the racetrack. All I know yeah, is I don't that's, know anything that's about what that. people came up and they said. All I know is it's a, it, it's a very, very sad thing, and yeah. hopefully something will happen. I mean, in the past at other racetracks, or not just here in Florida, but around the country, the way out has been the sale of the track or, or something like that because nobody wants to see the track close. No. But myself and, 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 you know, trust me, as everybody listening to this show knows, this isn't, you know, I'm not alone when I say this. We all want to see something better, but there's a serious doubt as to whether the current ownership is going to be able mm-hmm. to fix the problems. And, you know, hopefully they could, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of doubtful. Well, you're not going to fix the problems with only 30 people in the grandstands, and if you're not willing to, you know, look at different variations of ideas from different variations of people who are under you financially, and you're not going to take them seriously, then you're going to continue on the same path that you're on. And, and I'm going to tell you, path of destruction. Rob, the saddest thing to me about it is, out of all the people that are involved in owning racetracks that I've known. None of them have any more passion for this sport than John Sapricone. 
He loves the sport. He's passionate about it. And it's just sad to see this happen. And I have nothing more to say about it. Well, we'll just have to uh, track the progress of uh, of the of DeSoto and see how things progress for the uh, rest of the year. But on a positive note, yes. oh boy, we got a bunch of stuff coming up. Orlando Speed World's got a bunch of good stuff coming up. They got the 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 uh, fast car series coming there, the, the touring series, the late models. We got the Governor's Cup coming up on the 22nd, and this weekend a huge, huge, huge late model race combined United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series and National Late Model Series points, double points for the National Late Model Series, the last race of the year for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. East Bay Raceway is going to be over 50 bad boys there. And don't forget, join us next Monday on Inside Florida Racing when we will be joined by Todd Hutto, and we've got a big announcement going to be broke here. Earth-shaking. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Whatever. It's going to be a great show next hey, Monday. Rob. Please join us. Hey, no. Get moved in, dude. Hey, man, I'm in, man. Next week, I'll be doing it right out of my own studio. Cool. We'll see you at East Bay. Yeah, I'll see you, man. Uh, take care of business. I appreciate everybody listening to the show. Uh, same time next week. You know the routine. See y'all.